Marcus. Marcus. Good morning, Barbara. expressed on the J. King Network contain mature content and may be deemed as offensive in nature. However, they may not reflect the same views held by the network itself. So please, use discretion when tuning in. Good morning, everybody. My name is J. King. Welcome to Kings in the Morning. I'm not going to go through um, our normal uh, procedure of introducing everybody, not because I don't think everybody's important, because Reese is here, Fred is here, um, High Top Fade is here, uh, and um, Dre, and we are waiting on uh, Dr. Flo Colfer. I just hung up with her. She's calling in right now, and uh, she just ah. called in. And so I wanted to give this whole hour, this whole first hour, because she can only be with us until right around 9, probably 8.50 because she's got another call. But uh, Dr. Flo John Colfer is running for mayor. She grew up here in Sacramento. Um, her parents met uh, while um, her mom was teaching middle school. Her mom taught English. Her dad taught math. Uh, so she was raised by two middle school teachers. She developed a love for literature, arts, sports, and community service, while also learning the importance of critical thinking and to trust and honor her voice. Her parents encouraged her to find her voice and ask questions and they cultivated her curiosity and passion. She is an African-American woman running for mayor of Sacramento. She lost her dad at 11 years old uh, to congestive heart failure. He was only 47 years old. As you guys know, on this show, I talk about black men and health, especially now as I'm a 61-year-old man about to be 62, and um, I um, haven't been to a hospital in a number of years, and in 2024, my health is one of my major issues. Good morning, Tracy Parker. Uh, so, um, and she, she attended college in Georgia at Spelman College. Uh, she majored in chemistry and women's studies, while also dedicating herself to leadership positions and activism as a student organizer. And after her undergraduate, she earned an MPH, a doctorate of epidemiology, epidemiology from the University of Michigan School of Public Health, focusing on indigenous reproductive health and aging women's health. And um, now she's, um, she, she's done a lot of different things. I don't want to spend my time um, going over her full bio because it's long, but she says, I want to be your mayor because Sacramento deserves to have a visionary leader who will set policy and budget priorities, structure boards, and commissions to meaningfully participate in city business, provide clear processes for governance and community input, explore ways to save money, and improve the efficiency of spending, engage in green activities, 
and build green jobs that meet climate and economic goals and keep our community safe. And so, um, Dr. Kofer, uh, welcome to Kings in the Morning. Good morning, Josephine Person. Good morning, Veronica Burks. Good morning, Six Eyes. Good morning, Shirley Brown. So, good morning. How are you? Good morning. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. So, um, so I don't know if you're the first African American woman running for president. I mean, running for mayor of Sacramento, but it seems to be. I don't know another black woman before you that ran for mayor. Are you the first? That's right. Yes, I am the first one to run mm-hmm. for mayor of Sacramento. Okay, and um, so. I'll let you start it off. Give us like three, four-minute pitch speech, and then um, so I'm going to tell you who's on the panel here today. Uh, uh, Fred uh, Crosley, we call him Mushroom. Uh, we'll have to tell you about it one day. And then Dr. Dre <laughs> with the high top say we call him PTE, and he'll have to talk to you about that one day. And then Reach on the Radio, <laughs> a.k.a. Mr. Narcissism. So, uh, so you have some, and and, and Reese is a, a political pundit, and because that's what he does, um, he will be the person that will lead some of the questions. But I want you to um, give us your elevator pitch, and then let's get into it. Sure. Well, again, thank you so much for having me on this morning. I really appreciate it. And you know, you you told one of the most important parts of my story already, so thank you so much for that, which is that, you know, I lost my dad at 11, and I I realized, you know, as an adult how much that shapes um, my worldview and my understanding of this experience that we call, you know, our human existence, right? Um, so for one, you know, you talked about uh, about health, and that's why I got into public health. In fact, there is a saying, you know, in our field of tell me about your early life experiences and how you turn them into, you know, your career. And for me, that, that really is true. I look back now on my dad, you know, dying so early and, and realize, you know, the ways that policies failed him. Uh, He started smoking at a time when the tobacco industry lied about the impact of their products. They said they were good for us. Um, And also when they heavily and in a really predatory fashion marketed their products in black communities. And so I recognize that, you know, the policies we have now in place to be able to protect children from tobacco, to be able to protect, you know, adults from tobacco. You can't smoke inside. You can't smoke on airplanes. You know, there's a Surgeon General's warning. All of those things didn't exist for my dad. And quite literally, those are a matter of life and death. So when we talk about policy and we talk about politics, we're talking about life and death. And for me, that's my lived experience. You know, the other the other side of it is that, um, and I don't all, often tell this part of the story because it, it starts to, you know, really, really for a lot of people, um, uh, you know, connect some dots. But, you know, when my dad, you know, my dad collapsed actually at my aunt's birthday dinner, and I was the one at 11 who ran and called 911. And I think about that experience a lot because the only thing that could have made losing my dad worse um, would have been if, Instead of, you know, paramedics and EMTs who happened to be at the next table over at the restaurant we were at immediately starting to render CPR and then an ambulance showing up and taking care of him and me feeling like totally assured 30 years later that there was nothing that could be done to be able to to save him. The only thing that could have made that experience worse is if 
somebody other than a medical professional had shown up and had, you know, traumatized my family, had arrested my mom or my aunt. And I connect that to, you know, earlier last year when um, our, you know, police department was um, in our Office of Public Safety Accountability, which is led by a black woman who's a former police chief, was going over Fourth Amendment violations. And they showed a video of a 10-year-old girl who was put in handcuffs. And it took me back to that night, and I had never thought about, you know, what what's the alternative that could have happened if somebody had behaved irresponsibly, if the wrong responder was sent. And so that's why, for me, public safety is also a matter of, of public health, because it also means that when we're in an emergency, because none of us wakes up in the morning hoping to have a reason to call 911, that the right person responds, because that's also a matter of life and death. And so for me, that's that's really the foundation of my understanding of you know, the world around us is public health is about how much, you know, how many years are in our life and how much life is in our years. And I am really committed to making sure that we have a government that understands that, a government that respects the people who live in our community and wants to make sure those voices are heard. And so I really have two goals for my, um, you know, my time in office and, and the, the other outcomes, of course, are, are important. But the first one is for our city to have some priorities. Because right now we don't. And it is, it is really hard to get anything done if you don't set priorities. And we have a process to do that, but we haven't used it in years. And so that's something that I'm really committed to is to set some two-year priorities and some goals associated with them so that we all can know where we are in meeting our goals and everybody can celebrate with us and be a part of it um, and find a role to play. And the second thing that I'd really like to do is, is make sure that our communities have a voice in decision-making. That should be the beauty of local governance in particular is that we can be a part of it. And so instead of us all finding out five days beforehand, which is the minimum allowable by law, what's going to happen, we should introduce legislation in a similar way to what we do at the state, where it's introduced and you can go and look it up, and then it goes to committees. In this case, our committees would be the volunteers who are our advisors on our boards and commissions. And then it comes back to the council for a vote, so that we all have an opportunity to be able to weigh in, to understand what's happening, to offer amendments, to uh, support or oppose legislation, there's so much of the process that we are left out of that we shouldn't be because I can say with great assurance I have four degrees and nothing in my entire life that I've ever written did not benefit from some peer review, and I don't think that we should also be passing legislation without the benefit of not just peer review but community review. And so those are the things that I'm really interested in doing, and I think we will be able to tackle so many other challenges if we set priorities and we listen to community voice. What, what are your top five priorities? Sure. Uh, happy to go over those. So the first and foremost is homeless, housing and homelessness. It's the number one issue in Sacramento. You know, we're the only campaign that has a field game, so we've been out knocking doors since July. Um, we've knocked, you know, tens of thousands of doors at this point, and every single person has named, named housing and homelessness as their issue. So that is one of the first ones um, that we need to be able to address it because 10 years ago we only had 2,500 people experiencing homelessness, and now we have 10,000 and we're doing the point-in-time count, which is how we figure out how many people we have um, in just a couple of weeks. And it could be even higher then for every one well, person. Well, we know it's higher rehoused. because when we talk about homelessness, the number we talk about is in the city of Sacramento. We really know that our homeless population in Sac County is 20,000 plus. Uh, somebody says she speaks very fast. 
Sorry about that. I do know I talk fast. I will slow down. Um, so, yeah, so, so yeah, and so the 10,000 is supposed to be the number for the city and the county, but we also know it's an undercount, to your point. Um, and we know that there are people that are not included in the point-in-time count. And so even when we say it's 10,000, we know it's likely higher, and we're about to do it again. And so we're going to find out, you know, where we are, um, you know, again, because we did the point-in-time count every two years. So for me, it's really important that we recognize if we had four times fewer at least people experiencing homelessness 10 years ago, that something changed and that something wasn't everybody ran out and decided to, you know, to start taking drugs and <laughs> to, to not take care of their mental health. Um, the thing that changed is that we had the highest increase in the cost of housing in the country, especially during the pandemic. And so we need to be thinking about how do we make this place affordable, especially when the majority of Sacramentans work in the public sector. And that's one of the reasons why we've seen almost all of the unions in some sort of contract negotiation and lots of strikes happening um, over the past year, in part because they're all saying our wages cannot keep up with the cost of living and our workers cannot afford to live here. So that is a major problem that we need to address. The, the people who are becoming unhoused are largely our seniors. And there are people who are on, um, you know, who have disabilities. 57% of our unhoused folks have disabilities, and 40% are working, which means they're making, they have some incomes coming in, just not enough to be able to afford housing in our region. So we need to be able to find places for people to be because we are frustrating people by continuing to pass ordinance after ordinance saying it's illegal for you to be here, it's illegal for you to be there. And I get I don't want to wake up in the morning and have somebody, you know, sleeping on my front porch either. And also the key question is, so where can this person go? Because we're humans and we take up space. And so we have to have somewhere we can go, and we fail to answer that question. So that's the number one question we should be answering is where can people go where they can charge their cell phones and shower and do their laundry and have a toilet and have the dignity of their human experience validated, and then we can triage them into longer-term housing. And then thinking about what do people need, because we need to keep the people who are currently housed securely housed. And so if that's a matter of they're $100 short for their rent, let's make sure we dedicate some resources to be able to have that. We were able to do that with the COVID funds to keep people housed, and we had 4,500 people who were on the list when we ran out of money but we, we had, never got to. But that, money came, but that money came from the federal government. So are we Correct. saying that we yes. want the federal government to stay in our business? I mean, you know, that, that's, a, a, that's a tall order. What I want to do um, is yes. uh, Reese on we, the radio is the state is and our, federal government to help. Yeah. So Reese on the radio is our political pundit, and he has some questions. Reese, I'm going to turn it over to you. I'm going to sit back. Good morning, Reginald Sanders, and um, um, I'm going to turn it over to you and take a step back and let you ask some political Thank questions. Thank you. Dr. Kofer. Good morning. Good morning, and thank you for being here. So um, uh, thank you for your words, and thank you for your uh, point of view. Uh, I want to ask you a couple of questions. I don't want to go – I don't want to steer away from the homeless problem uh, sure. because as a former homeless kid, homeless teenager, that this is a situation that's near and dear to me. I believe that you and I have different perspectives on this. So let's stay on this for a quick minute because there's something more important I want to get to. Sure. You believe that um, – and I think it goes to a broader point – you believe that there should be government intervention in a lot of facets of your campaign. Things that I've read about you seems as though you have 
a lot of, um, let's say, I don't want to use the word apathy. That may be a little strong, but you have a lot of criticisms for the way in which the government functions today. But your responses to them are usually adding more bureaucracy to individual lives, homelessness being one. Now, I know you believe that these people need help. Of course they do. I've been one of them. But the problem has never been with more government intervention into getting me off the street. What I needed was more opportunity for people in my position. What do I mean by that? I needed an opportunity to be able to, like when I was a teenager, to get into housing like staying with a family member. There's more bureaucracy that keeps males. I couldn't stay with my aunt because I was a male teenager and she's a female. The bureaucracy prevented that from happening. So you're looking for more resources from government, which in essence, the government is a zero-sum game. They actually take money from the taxpayer. What is your pitch to the taxpayer that is going to be an advocate for the things that you're in essence, you keep using the word investment. Investment just means spend. So how are you going Mm -hmm. to get the citizens of Sacramento to spend more money for something that most likely they don't want to be taxed more for? That's a great question. Um, so I think that, yeah, we do have a different perspective on this because, but I don't think it's that far off. And it's that, yes, we do need more opportunity, but we also have to triage the existing problems. And so you named a really important barrier for you. And it's one that I've run up against in my career in public health, which is a lot of people will say to me, well, you know, when we go out and we ask people who are experiencing homelessness if they want things, they say no. And I say, did you ask why? Because I, you know, there was a gentleman who said no to a placement at Miller Park. It turns out it's because he has kids and Miller Park accepts, and rightly so, you need to have open spaces that can accept everyone, but it accepts sex offenders. So he couldn't go there with his kids. And he also didn't trust the first people who came to him to offer him to tell him that because he didn't want his kids to be taken away from him. So there are, and that's an example of, Bureau of, you know, like some decisions that were made that we need to make sure that we are providing resources for people um, who are in a myriad of different situations. And we also need to recognize that trust is going to be really important in terms of people telling us really what's going on, but that we need to figure out the why. Why are people saying no? Why are these things happening? And how do we address that? But Dr. Cooper, that's exactly my point here. And and I think you're you're, you're touching on that. Exactly my point here is that you're looking for a one-size-fits-all for I'm not. what you believe I'm is not. a one-size-fits-all problem. I'm not. I'm sorry? I'm absolutely not. That's absolutely okay. not true, so please let me finish. So, okay. so what I'm saying is we actually need a diversity of opportunity in our community, and that's one of the reasons why you know, I started talking about my priorities. One of them is making sure that we have a solid jobs core here in, in Sacramento, because right now all of the jobs are primarily in the public sector, which means that we don't have an industry like we have in other cities to be able to support us. And I think we are primed and ready to go to be a green jobs hub in Sacramento. And I say that because of the unions that we have here. I say that because of the the community colleges and the universities that we have right here in Sacramento. We have the Sacramento Municipal Utilities District, which is one of SMUD, which is one of the, you know, the, 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 you know, 
when I talk to people from other places, they don't have a, a, a municipal utilities district that does what ours does. And so if we're talking about climate change, which is the overarching problem of our time, we have the ability here to be able to, to talk about electrification, to talk about storage of solar power, which is one of the major challenges to solar is we can't store it. We have not figured that out. Let's innovate here because that allows us to be able to have an economy that's not just local, but that is global. These are issues that everybody around the world is trying to hone in on, and that's a great value add. Instead of trying to be, you know, a, a, a bootleg version of Silicon Valley or a bootleg version of Hollywood, let's allow Sacramento to fill a niche and actually create an economy here in a way that also solves some of the problems we're having right now with climate change. So I absolutely do not think that this problem is only about government. It's about the fact that we fought to get a $15 per hour minimum wage, and right now it costs $27 an hour to be able to afford the median listing for housing in this region. We have a problem where inflation has outpaced people's wages, and we are getting to a place where people can't afford to live here who work here. Dr. Colford, there's a, there's a lot that you've said there, but you know what? I'm going to streamline all of it. Aside from the fact that you mentioned climate change, by the way, that ranks in California as the number seven priority for voters in, yep. the, in Sacramento, number seven. Yep. So it's not a priority yep. to them. And as mayor, I think that you should play to the strengths of the individuals of the city. They don't care about climate change, and they, they darn sure don't care about the Green New Deal in any way whatsoever. But you said something about the minimum wage, and that's important. Just recently, we just heard that California – uh, in California, Pizza Hut had to fire all of its delivery workers because, of course, the increase in the minimum wage to $20. And people are actually out, like, outraged at the fact that somebody who delivers pizza is now making $20 an hour because you're trying to meet what you just said. They need to make $27 an hour. These companies are, in essence, responding by firing delivery workers, giving it to, like, Uber Eats and, and DoorDash. And they're passing mm -hmm. the expense on to the customer. So even though you think you're meeting the inflation, you're actually creating it by the constant increase of the minimum wage because the businesses must respond. You can't mandate the customers to not only raise their minimum wage, but you now have to mandate them to keep their employees and lose money, which eventually means the businesses leave. So everybody's in poverty. It sounds like, and I want to use an old ghetto term, this sounds like you guys are hustling backwards. What's your response to that? Yeah, so I'm not sitting here saying that there, we do one thing at a time because that's a good way to play whack-a-mole and never actually achieve. I'm saying that there's a number of things that we need to do in our region to be able to stabilize costs because Sacramento used to be an affordable place to live. I know we all remember that. This was a place where you could buy a house and you could see a future for yourself. And now I'm having conversations with people who are in their 20s and 30s saying, I'm going to have to leave here because there is no future for me here. And that is not a sign of economic prosperity for a region. Secondly, I, it's not about hustling backwards. Um, and it's actually not about, you know, just, just finding short-term solutions. It's about finding long-term solutions. It's about making sure that we have a robust economy. And frankly, the reason why, you know, for a lot of people, climate change is, is issue number seven is because it's the long game thing. It's kind of like how most people don't wake up in the morning fret at 20 fretting about the heart attack they're going to have at 50. They're thinking about what's it going to cost, where do I work, how are my kids, et cetera, right? Because it's the slow burn. But the truth of the matter is if we don't address it, we won't have a future for our species. And so, but, Dr. Colford, yes, that's where the problem lies in government. 
The problem lies in government again, and this is my biggest problem with government and a lot of people's biggest problem, even, even Democrats and progressives. The biggest problem with government is, is that they do the thinking for people, never doing it on their behalf. Now, I get the impression – I'm sorry, Reed. I don't know what I that means. Get Can you clarify? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get weighed down on that. I want to, but I, I do want to ask a question about yeah, yeah, the, the minimum wage. Uh, um, so um, the minimum wage issue, because when we start talking about, uh, especially African American small businesses, when we have to, you know, when you raise up the minimum wage, businesses that can barely survive. Um, they have to raise up. There's going to be, even if it's not the same to the same degree, they're going to have to raise up their minimum wages. And sure. when we look at, um, and when we look at fast food restaurants, when I grew up, a fast food restaurant was for uh, high school and college students. That was never the truth, but that was a myth. So go on. No, um, um, no. There were um, always there were always I, adults working. Always. We have data okay, to show so hold there on. always a Okay, um, Dr. Colfer, I was there. Okay, so we have there data. were Okay, there were adults that worked in management, but the, the restaurant itself was primarily run at the window, at the counter, in the cooking area by young people. I was there. So it's not a myth. Um so unless you're telling me that I was living a myth, that's not a myth. I'm telling you that maybe um, your perception for the places that you went, but the no, data shows us no, that we always can't had tell adults me that, that worked you, there. You weren't, you weren't even, Dr. Colfer, you weren't there. You didn't work. And what I can tell I, you I is worked. you weren't everywhere either. You were here. You were in one okay, place. Okay. Okay. The reason why I put you on mute is because I think anybody who grew up in the 70s uh, know that if you got a job at – she don't know because she, she, yeah, she's a lot younger than us. That's why. That's how she doesn't know, but it's okay. But um, I just had to put her on mute for a minute because you can't make something – this is where I have a problem with some of the our people running for office. If they don't think – if they think that they know something, they don't know how to listen to people. It's not a myth, and you guys know it, because you all were the same age. Teenagers, mostly teenage, uh, teenagers worked. That's how we got our jobs. We worked in a, we worked during school. We ninety percent of us worked in fast food, and of course you had management that had adults and people that ran it. But the the, the worker was um, was a, a teenager. Now the worker is an adult, and we see that. So, um, so I, I wasn't just in one area. Uh, it was um, it was across the state of California, and I'm sure across the country because of all our we, we pretty much work the same, no matter where we are. Um, so when you say instead of saying that that was a myth, because like I said, you weren't there. I, I worked. My friends worked. Um, Lee Fletcher said, Jay, you're right. I know people in Vegas at 16 and 17 that work fast foods. Um, Christy Graham said we wake up with papers, delivery, paper delivery service, then we go to school, then we get off, and then we go to our job or sport. John Beckman says the younger generation is all about entitlement. 
and about being able to get what they what they think is equal to those that work outside the so-called fast food industry. Good morning, Court DMS. Um, do you lean towards socialism? Do you think that we should be more socialistic? Uh, um, as it relates to how we how we engage with our um, with the community and and the needs of the community, do you think we should be more socialistic? So um, thank you, Jay, and I apologize. I should have let you finish before I started to respond. So um, yes, I am younger than you, and I definitely want to listen to people, and I want to make sure that's really clear. And so I've heard you out, and your perception is that young people worked all these jobs. But we are entitled to our own opinions, so we're not entitled to our no, own facts. No, not my that is not a fact. I think everybody, so no, wait, I know, let you finish. I let you finish, so please let me finish. Please let me finish. Older. Please do not talk okay. over me, Jay. Please okay. let me finish. Okay. Thank let you. Me, let me just say this to you. My audience skews older. And the older people that are on, that are listening to you, that could possibly vote for you, are hearing you. Hearing you say that what they lived isn't true because you said it, and that's not so. So everybody here, the, uh, um, there's been multiple comments that said exactly what I just said. So no, don't dismiss it by saying, you know, um, and because it's dismissive. When you say, I heard what you said, I heard you out. Um, I'm over-talking you because you can't just push past that. Yeah, old people vote too. Of course we do. Um, you can't just push past that. And what I, what I said was, and what I will reiterate is fast food jobs, fast food restaurants, uh, at the windows, at the counters, and in the food prep areas were mostly young people with adult in management and junior management positions. But the way that they were able to run those restaurants was by using young people who didn't have to make a, a living from, uh, from working, but use that money for after-school activities, for buying the, the different needs. That's all I was saying. But it wasn't a, Am it I going to be allowed to speak? Am I going to be allowed to speak? So I think a respectful dialogue allows people to listen. And in the same way that and I apologize. Carry on. You, you still have, you, you're still talking over me. I said carry on. Okay, thank you. So, so a respectful dialogue, let's talk about how we engage in community, because I think respect goes both ways. And I, I started by apologizing for talking. I shouldn't have yeah, interrupted you and let you finish your piece. Let me finish, Jay. Jay, stop bullying me on your show. Let me finish. I'm not bullying Let me get a word in edgewise, please. Yes, you are, because you keep putting me on mute no, so not. you can talk. Listen, when people talk, because, because that's what this show is. That's what this show does. It's not dip, yeah, there's no different you than you. Anybody me. who listens to this show knows what this show is. Yes, but you keep mute. You invited me on to talk. You ask a question and then you mute me so you can yeah. talk some more. That's not that's not a respectful way of engaging. I'm fine to let you finish, mm-hmm. but when you're finished talking, can I have my turn? Yeah. Um, 
that okay? Am I allowed to have my turn now? Because we can't hear each other if you're talking over me. And that's part of the problem. Someone's calling from a 111 number. Who's calling? You know, part of the problem is that we're talking over each other and not actually listening to each other. That's me, Jay. Okay. Um, I, 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 kept trying, I keep telling you to carry on. You keep talking about me talking over you. So you either are going to carry on and continue, or you can continue to complain about it. Which one? Good okay. morning, Todd. So, so, good, so what, I, what I'm saying is that, yes, we have always, and we still have teenagers who work in fast food. And we've also always had people who were adults working in fast food, and not all of them were working in management. And that's not a perception. That is actually the truth. And so the challenge is that, that that's always been the case. But the challenge is also that it's not about raising the minimum wage at this point. It's about the fact that we raised the minimum wage, we tried that, to be able to address the increased cost of living, and the cost of housing went up. And so it does not do what it was doing before. And so when we adjust for inflation, people are actually making less money than they were at the time that you were talking about. And so that okay, is let me, the let me, let me interject here right real now, quick, doctor. Doctor, let me inter- interject about the housing. This sure. is important. So the price of housing, you're right. How surprising in, Cal- in how- price of housing in California is exponential. That goes without a doubt, right? Some of the most mm-hmm. expensive housing is in that well, state. Well, let me tell you, no, no, Reese, let me tell you, Reese. Housing in California has risen 69 to 81 times versus uh, the cost of living 15 yes. times and the cost and, the, and salaries 12 yes. times. So when you look at the cost of living and salaries, it's about right there with each other. But when you look at housing, it has exploded. For instance, my mother and bought the house that, we own today for fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars. That house mm-hmm. today, if it's sold, is worth close to a half a million dollars. Right. So we know that there is something wrong with that equation. Um, so to Dr. my Dr. question, Doctor Dr. Okay, Dr. Cooper, here's my question: What would be your policy in making the residents who can't afford housing meet the in other words do we lower the pricing of housing how do you go about that type of change do you now tell people who own homes who may be renting them or selling them that they have to come down on those prices to meet the mark so people can be housed how would you how would you address that or do we again start going into tax dollars and using them to subsidize people's housing to meet that mark That's a great question. And so I think this is an example of how I think you and I probably would agree on some of the things that can be done. I don't think that government necessarily has to be in the business of building housing. In fact, I don't think that's the best use of our dollars. What I do think we can do is use some of our power to be able to streamline that process so it costs less money, so it can be overall affordable. And some of the ways to do that are things like we can start with the bulk purchasing power of the city and the county and be able to say, hey, we need to build 5,000 new units over the next 10 years. Can we lock in the price of materials so those won't go up so we can, again, lower the cost? Hey, here are the communities around town that where you may want to build. Let's, in advance, have a conversation with them about what they want in terms of local hire or give so that you don't have them suing you, like what happened when UC Davis tried to do Aggie Square, because they're not getting the benefits of the, of the project. You already know going into it what needs to be built in and how to partner effectively with that community. We can start with what are some of the blueprints that we could have in advance 
similar to what we've done for the accessory dwelling units, so that you can bypass parts of the approval process and get right to the building if you'd like to. Those are some of the things that we can do locally to be able to, instead of creating challenges to being able to build, we can actually be a better partner to being able to build, but lowering the cost so that then it doesn't have to be passed along to consumers in that way. We can make it so that some of the projects are more affordable by addressing some of the pain points that exist for building. And I think that's one of the places where we can, we can intervene. But I'm very clear that government is not responsible for all of this, but government is an important partner to make sure that everybody's working well together. And right now it feels like the business community is doing its own thing and the nonprofits are doing their own thing and the government's doing their own thing and there's not a lot of cool coordination and efficiency in how we're all working together. A city is an ecosystem, and so we all need to work together to be able to achieve goals, and we all have a role in doing that. Okay. I want to get into some more pressing stuff. Jay, do you want to stay on this? Yeah, I want to just talk about the housing for a minute. So you said, so part of the issue with building, the cost of building in California are the CEQA laws. And you're familiar with the sequel laws, correct? Yes, and that's what I just addressed. Yes. So yeah. if you if you so, can streamline some of that, then it will take less time, and that's what we've done with the accessory dwelling units. We have approved blueprints already mm-hmm. on the city's website. So if you want to build an accessory dwelling unit at your home and you choose one of those blueprints, and there are quite a few of them, and they're you know, then you don't yeah. have to go through all of the approvals that you would if you started your own design. Yeah, but the problem is when we look at people of color that already are having a hard enough time, but being able to add uh, the, the, the additional dwelling unit uh, to their home, it becomes uh, costly. They're not able to do it. So once again, uh, the, 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 the gap, the earning gap is, is increased. Because well, that was just an example of what we could do to be able to help builders address CEQA and be able to streamline the process. I wasn't suggesting that everybody go out and build an accessory dwelling unit. No, I was saying we actually have issues. an effective way I, of, of working yeah. through CEQA by creating those, and that streamlines the process. And we could do the same thing for affordable housing so we have some of those blueprints already in existence for different configurations. Do you think we need to take a more socialistic approach to all this stuff. I don't know what that means. Can you clarify what, you're, well, what you mean by that? Because people yeah. use socialist well, I mean capitalism well, because, in ways without a, a definition, well, well, and so it would be nice to be working with the same definition. So when I say socialistic approach, being that uh, the government subsidizes, that a lot of, you know, subsidizes for housing, subsidizes those that, are, that, that have needs, um, as, like in the socialist countries where you know, um, the government is, is really um, – Pays for everything. You know, yeah, pretty much. And, you know, like because it seems like, you know, that's what we're, we would end up doing if we start looking at, you know, what, what the needs are and then saying, you know what, if somebody is $100 short and their rent, we have a, we have a, 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 a $200 short in their rent, we have an agency that deals with it. Somebody needs food. We have an agency that deals with it. Is that, would that be more attractive for you? 
Well, I, I think the question that you're asking me is, like, am I advocating for making government the answer to all of our problems? And my answer to that would be no. But I also am, I guess I'm, I'm, the, the question maybe I need to push back to you is, okay, so we have the mostly elders, and then many of them are black people. So, um, you know, because, again, have not, have been knocking on doors even since before I decided to run for mayor when I was walk, knocking on them with social justice political. And when I'm knocking on doors and talking to elders in apartment buildings, and they're saying, if we have one more rent increase, I'm out. My question to you would be, do you think it's a better use of our money to, to – let them be on the streets and have to deal with the whole suite of services there? Or how would you, I mean, I think it's a community conversation. So for the panelists, how would you propose that we handle a situation where people are in their 60s and 70s, they're on fixed income because they have retirement or social security, and the rents are going up 10% every year because they can? What should Stop we do? Stop taxing them. Stop taxing okay. them. And so, yeah. so then how do we, how do think, we support our parks no, and, and pave our roads I, and keep I, our I air think, clean? I personally think... This is, you asked me my question, so I, I'm going to tell you what I think. Um, if, if I can't afford to live by myself and I don't own my home, then I'm going to find a roommate to, to um, subsidize, to, offset, to right. offset my cost so that, I, uh-huh. um, so, that I can, so that I can live a more comfortable life. If I own my home, then I and I'm and I'm elderly. I may sell my home, uh, take take the equity, and move to another part of the country where I can um where I can live off my retirement and um, and the, the the extra money I have that I can put into some type of investment so that I you know whether it's in the market or uh, IRA and um and subsidize myself differently. But um, and I'm really happy that you have those options, Jay, but for a lot of people, their health isn't the greatest, um, and they may already be living with people, and that's the challenge is that they don't – they have more months than money. And so Dr. I Colfer, think that's do, presumption. Dr. Colford, that's presumption, which is, again, my biggest problem with government. It is presumption. What's, I know that they are – listen, anecdotally – Dr. Cover, hold on. The, anecdotally, you're absolutely right. There are some yeah. people who may be suffering with that. See, again, like you're using anecdotes for the one-size-fits-all model, right? Yeah. You're saying you, it may be true that there are some people who cannot make the decision that Jay just laid out, but because mm-hmm. that person or persons can't, let's do a one-size-fits-all for everybody regardless of knowing their problem. It, sure. The government well, government intervention. This whole conversation because right. the government intervention. About, uh, you know, we're talking anecdotes about everything, right? Here's yeah, what I would do. Here's what this person would do. Here was my government intervention. With my friends working in fast food, like all of this. Doctor Kofer, Doctor Kofer, government intervention is always break broken down based on anecdotes. But I don't want to stick on this. I want more. There's a more important conversation I want to have with you, and this is something I know that it will get a little lively. Uh, back on June 18th, I believe, um, there was a conversation that you had. I don't know if that was this year. Maybe it was this year. Um, but it was a conversation about defunding the police and investing in the community. You're a big proponent of that <laughs> since your days at Measure U. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So as a mayor of Sacramento, public safety is the most important thing. Your, your job was public safety, and you would be in charge of the police department, but yet you're an mm-hmm. advocate to defund them. 
How mm-hmm. do the two wash, and how can the citizens trust you if you are taking the one thing that would be a public safety issue? Well, I, yeah, you're right. I do support socialist programs like the fire department and the police department and the library because those are all socialist programs. Um, and so I am actually the fund public safety candidate because what I want to do is fund things that are effective. So between 2017 and 2020, we had two years with no youth homicides. And we were able to achieve that. And, again, happy to send you data because I'm a data person. So, okay. I, my, you know, what I tell you is based on data, and I can back it up with, with facts. And so the, the, the credit was given for that two years without any young people dying was to our violence prevention and intervention programs and because we were able to, again, successfully prevent some of the crime that's happening. What we know is Los Angeles Police Department, the largest police department in the, in the state, um, volunteered in March of 2023 to defund themselves. They said, here are 28 call types that it is not appropriate for someone with a uniformed officer with a gun to respond to, and we prefer for somebody else to do that. When I look at the city of Sacramento, 87% of people here say they want someone to be able to respond appropriately to mental health and to substance use issues. So this issue is actually popular in the city of Sacramento. It's incredibly popular to be able to take some of those dollars and invest them in what actually makes us safe, because people want to walk out their doors and feel safe. And I've heard a lot of what appear to me to be male voices. I'm, the, I'm a woman here, so I experience safety very differently than you. And I'm not saying I don't want to be safe. I'm saying if we spend all of our money on emergency response, none of us woke up this morning hoping to have a reason to call 911. And if all we do is spend our money on that in the same way that Jay often talks about health, if the only way we spend our money on health is after we're sick, We've missed the forest for the trees. We need to invest in making sure that we have what we need to have safe and healthy communities, and that's not just about responding after the fact. It's about proactively making sure that we are a safe community in the first place and that okay. bad, bad things well, Dr. Morning, don't Dr. happen. Doctor, let me respond to that with this because I'm going to ask you a follow-up question. You said you sure. like the numbers. So do I. And, and I trust me, I've studied this before this interview since I knew it was coming up. We found out that every city that has defunded the police effectively through legislation, they have taken billions of dollars off the table for the police departments. Do you want to know the one common thing that happened in every one of those cities that defunded the police two years ago? Yeah, there are like five of them, but sure. Yeah. What what happened? What was the one thing that skyrocketed? What was that? They claim their yes, they claim their crime skyrocketed claim? afterwards, and I think it's important. Claim? Yes, they claim their they claim their their crime skyrocketed afterwards. So, right. so specifically, what, what I think we need to compare apples to apples here, and it's not just taking money away from the police department for the sake of it, but investing those dollars in public safety, because police are not the only part of public safety. And so what I want to do is take the money and, and but realign our budgets. If that word makes you feel better, I want to invest in what works. I want to invest in what keeps us safe and not just ideologically say, hey, this is how this has been branded to us, so this is where we spend our money. I want to be smart we're not, about we're how not we spend even our money. taking consideration. This is also – look, I have this problem with the gun, with the gun well, grab you, activists. Well, hey, can I use local data for you? Because well, wait, hold on for a second. Let me just, let me just make my point, and then you can and use you the claim data. Crime has gone, and crime has gone up every year too. So obviously police spending is not also associated no, no, no. with the No, no, no. Hear me out, okay. Dr. Gopher. What I'm saying to you is, is that what we know statistically, right, numbers, numbers matter here. So you tell, like, I look at this with the gun grab folks, right? They say, oh, we take the guns off the street, people will be safer. No, what happens? The gun laws prevent the legal gun owner 
from doing whatever he needs to do as far as a gun's concerned. The illegal gun owner doesn't pay attention to laws. Such is the case when you defund the police. When you defund the police, when you take the resources away from the police department, then the criminal runs rampant. To, I, feel, I think, Reese, let me just say, I don't think she wants to defund the police. I think what she said was, and correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Colford, mm-hmm. is yeah. that she doesn't want to defund the police. What she, good morning, Jamie. What oh, she is reallocate the money? It's not, not, you know, just for, in other words, instead of the police going out on a mental, on a mental health call, right. if you had those dollars, if you had dollars uh, allocated to that, well, you know, that's the call that the police would make. So say, you know what, let's just say that call cost 500 bucks. And there were um, a thousand of those calls that happen every year. Take 500,000 or $5 million from, from that budget and say, you know what, we're going to allocate this $5 million that you spent making these calls, we're going to allocate them to a mental health specialist. And That is provided, uh, Jay King, that is provided that we have a degree of clairvoyance in our criminal justice system. In essence, that says we're not going to put that money Jane, here Jane, because Jane. in the future we well, know let me tell you, that Reece, this... Let me tell you what happens. Well, let me tell you what happens at the end of the year. There is, you know, everywhere they, they, they actually mind the data. They know how many calls they do. They know where the calls right. come from. Sure. They know what areas where the calls come exactly. from. So they can pretty much say, you know what, year in and year out, this is how many calls. Now, this is where I think yeah. it, well, we could, it, well, this might be a great idea, Reese, and it might actually work even better for law enforcement. Where, yeah, because then they can focus on solving crime. Where they can, and police, you know, if, if the police happen to have to be on a call where uh, a mental health worker thinks this might be kind of dangerous. Now the police can come. They can come with plastic bullets or rubber bullets. They can come prepared because they know that this isn't a criminal call. This is a mental health call, and we're not trying to kill somebody because I, 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 don't, I never think it makes sense when police come to a call to kill somebody who's committing suicide. Mm-hmm. Why would you do that? Why is it the only money? So, let me ask you this, Dr. Colfer. Why do you believe that the only money that should be reallocated is the funds that are going to police? Are there any other programs that we could? Because there are plenty of social programs that we have. You mentioned fire and 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 also um, uh, what are you going to ambulance? I mean that, and that's part of the reason why you know this this conversation about deep, like it really was about at the time they had the most money in the city in most cities. And their budgets will go up every year, even if crime also is going up. So in the same way that you're like, well, we reduced the police budget in these places and crime went up, we increased the police budget and crime went up. So clearly crime is not just associated with how much we spend on the police budget. So let's now take a step back and use our brains and say, if these two things are not directly correlated, what are the things that are? And how do we spend our money appropriately? In the fire department, they've actually done some reallocations. They don't bring the truck out for all of the calls they used to because it's expensive. Because it's a waste of dollars, and they actually knew they needed more ambulances, and so they went out and did that. This is not about being like, you know, ideologically pure in some way. It's about being smart. And you're, you know, I've heard from everybody on this call. You want your tax dollars to be spent smartly, but it seems like as soon as we start talking about police, everybody goes, "Waste my money, please." I don't care what the data 
show is wasting my money. And I'm going, please tell me that I, I don't think you actually mean that. Like, Dr. Everything Culper, I will about say. Housing and everything else, like, it applies I will too. say this. No. I will say this, Dr. Culper. Honestly, and I believe realistically, by the way, um, causation and correlation are two different things. But I will say this. They are. I'm an epidemiologist. With, without, without, without actually affecting anything, I believe that once you start defunding the police, the first thing that you'll notice, if you are elected, and you would be the first black woman mayor, if you were elected, I promise you without a doubt that your police force is going to, incre- is going to decrease at de- demonstrable levels. And I'll tell you why. And I, this is the reason why I have a problem with it. Is that, and again, I've read every writing about you so far related to, to, to this. And, and I'm not saying that you should have a course correction. If this is something that you believe in, stick to it. But I just believe that it is a core part of the problem. Your job as mayor is to ensure, because they are your employees. They answer directly to you. If they don't believe no, they don't. you have no, they, no, no, they, they don't, don't here. No, they don't. No, they don't. My apologies. Well, yeah. If they believe that the mayor does not have their back, you can forget about recruitment and you can forget about loyalty. That's one. And you need the police department in in Sacramento because of what does it mean to have their back? Pardon? What does it mean to have their back? You, meaning to have their back means that they know that they have the confidence of someone. In other words, they're standing up for them. That they, it's not a well, let me give you an example. This is a perfect example, and okay, I experienced please. this all over the place. Immediately after mm-hmm. the death of George Floyd, mayors and governors across the state immediately began condemning their own police officers for the actions of Derek Chauvin. It became mm-hmm. a blanket policy to condemn the police. And, as, and this is something I've always found, like, insanity. You would never do that under any other circumstances, but you could do it with sure. police. Right? Sure. You would never do that if the person were a black person or a fire or, a, or anything else. Yeah, You're you right. wouldn't do it. Absolutely. You wouldn't say that the yeah. actions of one fire, you know, one fire commander were the actions of the entire department. You never would. It's an individual right. action. What I'm saying is, and I've read the articles about you, Dr. Culper, mm-hmm. you, you directly go to the relation between police, George Floyd, and therefore condemning police. And that is a very slippery slope because, again, while you may have to serve the people of, of the city of Sacramento, you do have to serve the people who work for you as well or work there as well and there to protect it. So I would consider the fact that if you're going to defund them, do it in a meaningful way that doesn't affect their ability to do their job. That's what I'm trying to do. Okay. That's what I'm trying to do. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. So, so can I just take a moment really quickly to address this? Go ahead. Because I think if this is can. really important, and I'd like to Brevity clarify is the, the soul of wit. <laughs> okay. So, first of all, again, I'm going to go back to the money because I know people on this call care about that. We are at the place now where the police bad behavior is an economic condition for the city. It's right there in the budget. It says, due to the unprecedented lawsuits we've had to pay out, that is part of the economic forecast we're concerned about because we have had to pay out more money than we have before, and the payments have been higher and higher. So when we're talking about, like, yes, you're right, the entire police department has not behaved poorly, but the behavior of the ones who have is literally now an economic condition of the entire city of Sacramento. It's right there in black and white in our city budget. I encourage you to go read this year. So that's a problem. And so that means that we can't ignore it. doesn't mean we blame the entire police department for bad behavior elsewhere, but it does mean we take a, a clear and critical eye to what's happening here. We had Fourth Amendment violations that, again, our OPSA director, a former police chief, not some, some you know, lefty radical or whatever you want to call him, a former police chief, a national expert 
in policing has said, I am deeply concerned about the culture of policing in Sacramento because what I'm seeing is us not abiding by the national standards for community-oriented policing. What I'm seeing is us violating people's Fourth Amendment rights, and I'm seeing a history and a pattern of this. Black men in this community make up 5% of the population. And she's not talking and they're about making, a former wait, 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 let me finish this. Let, wait, before no, you, before you jump in, let me finish this. Wait, before you, before you jump in, let me finish Stop. this. Please, let me finish this. Black men make up 5% of the population, and they make up 40% of the stops by police. And they have the highest number, 81%, result in no citation. That means that the way we are going about stopping people in our community is harassing people who've done nothing wrong. There was no citation offered. You hear me? No other demographic has 81% of their stops result in no citation. Dr. Kofer, I'm just telling him that the police chief that made mm-hmm. those statements was not an African-American police chief. That was a white police chief that made those statements about mm-hmm. Sacramento's police department. So, so that okay. was uh, – so I, I just want you to know that that, 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 was no, that was no police chief of color. That was a white right. male. Let me go backwards. Let me go backwards a little bit. These are culture issues. So to have the backs of our police department means to be able to say we're running a department in the right way that's not having lawsuit after lawsuit that's costing us money and decreasing the city's credit rating and really causing harm. Like you care about money, so let's let's keep that same energy when it comes to our police department. If you care about spending money efficiently, keep the same energy. Thank you, Dr. Kofer. Last question, because this one I think goes to the core of who you are. You talked about it in the beginning, and I also read it in your bio. You talked about the, the, the life and the death of your dad. And yeah. um, I thought, and again, I think that affects everybody's life. And I think that certain events when we're children really affect our body politic and the way that we look at the Absolutely. world. When you came here on, on the show, you talked about uh, the tobacco companies and how your father mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, in essence, that there were certain powers that be that did not effectually help your dad and i mm-hmm. kind of feel like that's where you come from that was the reason why i asked you originally were you a pro-government sort of like person i know you're saying that you're not but hear me out there's a point that, that i would you talked about this police thing with the arrest and the five percent of the population and 81 percent of those stops you know of, were of african americans of things like tint and no citations but let me ask you a question do you believe in personal accountability, or do you believe that it's all involved with powers that be? In essence, there's no personal accountability with these individuals. Because n- nothing against your dad. Don't he- hear me out. I was a smoker for 30 years. I quit three years ago, March. That was personal. I had to, I had to make a decision to quit smoking. People mm-hmm. have to have some form of accountability. I kind of yeah, feel like Marie, you come- but now you're convoluting. No, no, hear me out. Hear me out. Let me finish the last last question. You're you're convoluting a personal choice with something that somebody does. And I'm an example. I was going to my mom's house one day, to my house in Del Paso Heights. Police officer got behind me. Um, I pulled into the yard. He came up and said that the license plate on my car did not match the model of the car. Uh-huh. And I said, now, how does that make any sense? And he said, um, sir, I need you to, I said, I'm not doing nothing because you sound silly to me, 
what I'm going to do is call your captain. Now, <laughs> so I called his captain. And uh, when I called his captain, his captain is on the phone while he and I are talking. Now, everybody don't have that luxury. Everybody no, they don't. don't. They, can't, they can't pick up the phone and call the captain. I can, I did, and it just so happens he picks up. So he listens to the conversation. And when it's all said and done, it's the wrong he had one number wrong. Okay. The officer that pulled me over. The problem was he was a training officer. Ah. And he was training another officer. So here you are, a training officer, training another officer to, to, to on how to stop somebody. Right. So now you're stopping. So now you're stopping me. Now it gets even trickier, Reese. This same officer. Uh, saw me coming from, I was on the police commission. I was coming from a police commission meeting in Hagenwood, at Hagenwood Park. And I just happened to be driving up Grand Avenue. He was driving down Grand Avenue. I had my phone in my hand. It wasn't up to my ear. It was in my hand. I was talking on the speakerphone to my lawyer. And this was the first time he and I encountered each other. He was driving. He flipped his car around. I was at the stoplight. He got behind me, pulled me over. His first words were, do you have a gun or drugs in the car? And I said, are you sure those are the first questions you want to ask me? And he said, sir, do you have drunk drugs or gun in the car? Good morning, Sheree. And I said, um, no, sir. I'm a police commissioner coming from the police commission meeting. And my lawyer is listening, and I said, let me hang this phone up. I said, do you know Daniel Hahn? He said, yeah. I said, well, let me call Daniel Hahn for you so he can tell you who I am. And I said, my, so he's asking me for my license. I said, it's in the back, it's in the back seat and my um, bag back there. Can I get out of my out the car and get to the back seat and get my license? He saw my license. He issued no citation. He said nothing else. I went on my way. When Hans saw the call, because it's a body camera, he said, "Jay, I didn't see anything wrong." You know, he, I said, "Of course you didn't," because racism isn't something that you can see always. I said, Daniel, I'm a little older than you. At the time, I was 57. I said, I'm 57 years old, not 27. I've seen racism, bigotry, bias, and prejudice in every shape, size, and color. I know what it is, and I know what he, and I know that your officers know how to engage its citizenry in a way that it protects itself while being demeaning. And you should know that. So my job is always to be straight up and down about law enforcement. The law enforcement, police officers' bill of rights have to be challenged and changed because of the extended due process and protection that is given to law enforcement. And maybe 
Maybe Dr. Kofer is on to something. Maybe the only way we get law enforcement to straighten up and fly right is to say, we're going to defund your motherfucking ass if you don't straighten up and fly right. That's all I wanted to say. Okay. Back to Dr. Kofer. Thank you for that. Dr. Kofer, now I know you have to go soon, so here's my question again. Personal accountability, where do you stand on that? Because, again, this is an important and crucial point about, I believe, about what your integrity as mayor of Sacramento. Because I kind of feel, and that's, that's only based upon what you said so far, was that you believe that certain people fall under some of these weights of life because there is... these people who are, in essence, more responsible than the individual. Where do you stand there? Yeah, sure. I mean, of course I believe in personal responsibility. You know, my whole life is a testament to, you know, the things that I I have to do, and I certainly believe that we all have accountability. I apologized earlier even on this call for interrupting Jay because I should have let him finish before I spoke, right? Like, of course, we all have a responsibility, and that also extends to all of our public servants who are being paid, and who are presumably trained. So, again, in the same way I ask you to keep the same energy that you have about government when it comes to the police department, I ask you to keep the same energy you have about personal responsibility when it comes to the police department and when it comes to, you know, these other sectors. Like, let's be, let's be fair and even across the board. Um, now, I, I'm, I'm hoping you're not insinuating that, you know, everybody who, it, who started smoking when they were directly lied to um, is responsible for their own, you know, harm and death because we have had tobacco settlements to, that have attested to the contrary. Um, so Actually, it's not a matter I would, of I, I'd love to respond to that if I could, please, doctor. Please, please, please let me let me finish and then I, I will. Go ahead. So what where where I'm going with this is, of course, my dad's death in, impacted me, and also. One of the reasons why we have a less than 5% smoking rate in California is because we passed policies so that new people didn't start smoking. That didn't stop the people who already did. But I think my dad and all the other people who would be in their late 70s now where they still alive deserve to know the truth so they could decide before they were addicted whether or not they wanted to start smoking. They deserve to know that this causes cancer and heart disease and to be able to make an informed decision. And what we find is that when people are able to make informed decisions, they use gas, personal responsibility to make better ones. And so what what I'm concerned about is when we don't give people the opportunity to be able to make those choices because we allow businesses and companies to lie to them and to say, this is a pillar of good health, you should take it up, when we don't protect our health. And I think some of those things can't be done individually. As an individual, I can't stop your business from allowing people to smoke indoors or to smoke on planes. That is the responsibility of government, respectfully, in the same way it's the responsibility to pave the roads and do some of the things that we can't do individually. Okay, well, in the la- let me just respond by saying this. Okay, so in the last 21 years, we've, we've pretty much updated everything when it comes to smoking. I think in 2003 was when New York was the first place to pass the no indoor smoking rules with Bloomberg yep. in 2003. I remember it very well. Anyway, so look, what I mean by that is, is that you're talking about what the tobacco companies did and how they lied and how they weren't honest. Again, The person who walks into a store and picks up a pack of cigarettes is not being lured in by the tobacco companies. To suggest that they are, okay, is duplicitous at best and just flat out disingenuous. The individual who decides to smoke or drinks even or even partake in what we call destructive behavior must be held to account the individual who decides 
There is no one luring you in. There's nobody standing there with like a hook around you. So I get that you're saying that those. But 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 Reese, to to the doctor's point. Yeah. Um. We we promoted, and this is why our government has to has to be held accountable for its criminality too. When the government allows allows for things that they know will kill you, to kill you, when it's supposed to protect you, and that's why you pay taxes and such to the government, there has to be some accountability on their side. But Boomchuck asked this question, where does Mr. Reese feel that personal accountability falls when it comes to the actions or reactions of police officers? Are they exempt because they have a difficult job to serve and protect? No, and I agree. That's, again, personal accountability is across the board. Yeah, Jenkins, yeah. you talk about it, You right? You, you feel like when you say it about yeah, one, you mean yeah. it about the other. And that's what I'm talking right. about with the police department. As I mentioned earlier when, when the doctor was talking about – when I was talking about the doctor's plight after the arrest of George Floyd, I John, said mayors and governors across the – We're not talking about you. If you want to smoke, smoke your fucking lungs out. When you die, <laughs> you, you chose that. So stop. Mm-hmm. Forward, uh, what, what we're talking about is not personal to you. It is the overall. Good morning, Catherine Jordan. Yeah. Uh, Michael, what, what I wanted to say was take personal responsibility and public and social services proper response teams are two different mm-hmm. things. Go ahead. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, what I wanted ahead. to say was again, governors and mayors across the pl- across the states across the country immediately started applying whatever it was that George Chauvin did. In essence, putting it onto the police officers. The police officers are responsible for bad acts are the people who should be held accountable for their bad acts. That's it, okay. bottom line. That's it. Okay. And but, I, but and I believe that should be across not. the board. The yeah, sorry? But, 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 Respectfully, Reese, the, the challenge is that right they're here, not, right? So, but let me say this. So here, Reese, when, okay. when, when a police officer is only – so do you know that when, whenever – if there's one civilian on, on an oversight committee – for police officers. It could be a hundred officers and one civilian. And because it has one civilian, it has no authority. The only people that can preside over any kind of punishment of an officer are other officers, unless of course it's in the court of law. I think that's a problem. Right, okay. And no so, disagreement so there. Yeah, I mean, I think the I think part of the challenge that we're coming up against is, you know, you're we're we're applying the type of nuance that I wish we could apply to some of the other conversations we had earlier in the hour, specifically to this conversation, because we're talking about you know the officers who behave, behave appropriately versus those who don't. But the challenge is, and I mean, let's talk about Chief Han, right? Who was our? I mean, I think part of the reason why he doesn't work for the department anymore is because there were bad actors he tried to get rid of and couldn't. To Jay's point about Pobar and some of the, the rights and responsibilities. So if we're going to talk about responsibility, I think the person who legally has the force of law behind them and a gun should be held to the highest account of personal responsibility and Understood. shouldn't be pulling people over like Jay like Jay was pulled over and I'm really sorry that happened to you Jay with without any accountability well, for those I was behaviors glad it happened to me I was glad it happened to me versus somebody, and not else somebody else because I'd rather it happen to somebody that at least has enough of protection that that and that can speak to it and say no this isn't some 
uh, some um, bad actor in the community. You right. guys, you guys think so much of me that you asked me to be on your police commission, and this is how you treat me. So I'm glad it was well, me. I'm, I'm I'm happy it was me versus somebody in the community who could have probably been killed because they didn't have access. And that's the point that I was making earlier about that accountability claim, Doctor Kofer, is that in essence. Yeah. What I'm saying is, is like, look, I read again. This is from your bio. Your impetus, the impetus of your position on defunding the police, is from the, in essence, the case that would involve George Floyd. Now, I'm not that's, saying that was your yeah, whole. Wait, 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 wait. I'm making that that's clear. Untrue. I'm about to make yeah. it clear. It's not okay. whole cloth what your policy is about. How, however, it does come from a premise of saying. Here's why we need to do police, you know, this, that, and the third. What I'm saying is, is that, look, if we have bad actors, deal with the bad actors. Let's not blanket the entire organization for the no, actions of one individual. But I think we're conflating two issues here, and so allow me to, to – Yeah, to yeah sure, sure, sure. The, the wanting to take money away from the police department is not because – is not entirely because the police have been bad actors. In fact, it's not it's not like, no, you're bad. It's that they are not the right people to give us safety. And that's even if they're operating at their best. We need – I mean, and, and again, our police chief has already said this. She said the police department can't do it alone. She literally wrote this on June 16th. I can share with you right. her own rights. Right? She's so right. if they can't do it alone, then why are they, they're the only ones we're funding to be able to do some of the things that need to be distributed in responsibility? So this well, is I not guess, about I like, people this is where you it, become, I guess this people is where you become important in process because you're the mayor. If you were mayor, right. you would change this process, correct? Yes, and, and what I'm saying is, like, people keep pointing to George Floyd and saying, we want to defund the police because they're bad actors. It's like, no, we want to defund the police because they probably should have never been on that call in the first place. <laughs> okay. All right. Right? Like, they should have never been on that call in the first Like, when we have somebody, there was a man um, in, in Sacramento who was, you know, again, B News. He, his mom called because he was having a diabetic incident. Unfortunately, the police were deployed, and he was also having a mental health crisis, and they ended up um, handcuffing him, putting him in the prone position, which any medical professional knows is dangerous, and he died. This man didn't commit any crime. Yeah, I, look, I admit, even because the wrong person responded, and so what I'm saying chiefs, to you is, and now we have to pay out a lawsuit for that, and we like there's all these consequences to it. And I'm saying, let's let the police solve crimes. They only solve four percent of violent crimes. And when I talk to people, they say, I want your time spent on the thing that only you can do. When somebody called in a bomb threat to run to feed the hungry, and I do it almost every year, I was happy the police department was on that. I was glad that wasn't given to a mental health worker or someone else. But I also want somebody in the midst of a, of a mental health crisis to not be met with a gun and somebody who's only offered to them is to take them to the county jail when they haven't committed a crime. What I'm talking about, if you want to, if, if, if the word defund makes you uncomfortable, even though we have defunded every other public sector, we've defunded our libraries, we have defunded our school system, we have defunded so many other things, and nobody balked an eye. But because we were clear about wanting to take those dollars and spend them more, spend them actually here more efficiently to get safety, people are upset about it. So if you prefer us to call it what we normally do, let's call it, this is budget realignment. This is efficiently spending our dollars so we get better outcomes. That's what I'm about. I don't want to live in a city that's unsafe. Well, you're going to have to reiterate that to the constituents who may have to vote for you. Because I do, to be honest with you, I looked at your resume, and as a person who's being introduced to you for the first time, I get the impression that you do, that 
Look, I would have immediately labeled you if I had to, and I'm not saying that because that's important. I'm saying that that's how politics work. And I know it's as simple as saying, you know, he's somebody I'd rather have a beer with, but that's the way the, the constituents work, unfortunately. That's where we are. But if I were to look at your resume from the get-go, I would immediately call you a tax and spend uh, government uh, progressive who wants to defund the police. That was my first impression of you. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, that, I'm sorry that yeah. that first impression. No, 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 no. Never apologize for that. That's something that that's one something I want you to consider on whether or not that's the way that you want people to project. But again, again, that's subjective. That's, you know, that's the way I looked at you. Others may find you mm-hmm. very feasible and very, you know, accommodating to their ideals. Well, one of the things uh, that I'm committed uh, to, and I hope this, this allows people to see that, is to have the conversation, even with people who don't agree with me, because I think exactly. there are things in there that are worthwhile for us to talk about. When I hear people saying, I don't want this in my community or whatever, my first question usually is why? Because if we can get to the why, you're usually it's I'm concerned about safety, I'm concerned about my property values, I'm concerned about these things, and then we can say, okay, well, what if we do something to be able to address that concern? So what I want to do is bring the voices to the table, even the ones I don't agree with, which is why even though I wasn't applying for their endorsement, I sat down with the Metro Chamber. I sat down, you know, with um, with the California Apartment Association. I sat down with our police chief last month. I'm not a person who won't sit down and be reasonable and talk to everyone. I do have my values and morals about, you know, human rights. I operate from a human rights framework, but I want to hear people out. And what I want is a community that works for everyone where we're not just only competing with one another, but we're collaborating. And I'm the only mayoral candidate who's talking about collaboration. I'm the only mayoral candidate who's talking about setting goals and who's talking about streamlining our spending. You want to talk, talk about tax and spend? Look at my, look at my opponents. They're all tax and spend Democrats. The only difference is they're not willing to even look and say, where are we spending our money? And I'm applying a critical lens to our entire budget and saying, well, what about this? Well, could we do this differently? Well, should we invest the dollars here? What are our goals? What are our metrics? So of your um, uh, of the available options, I think if you are a fiscal conservative, I'm your better deal. I think if you are a person who cares about human rights, I'm your better deal. If you want, if you're a person who likes to get shit done, I am the person you want. Because if you look at my entire life, I'm a person who gets things done. If you're looking for a candidate um, who isn't John afraid Beckman, to curse now and again, John Beckman has a question. <laughs> um, John Beckman has a question from the chat room. She, he said, "Does the candidate believe only U.S. citizens should vote?" Great question. Um, well, that's the way – I mean, currently that's the way our system is set up. I'm not sure. And are, you, are you saying do I believe that the right to vote should be extended to people who are not U.S. citizens? Yes. Creating pathways for citizenship for people, but I do think that we should we – should, I don't want, like, people who are guests to be voting in our elections, but I also think that we have people who were born, you know, who were born um, and brought here as children, people who have been here for a long time, and I think we absolutely should have a pathway to citizenship. A pathway to citizenship. Would you be okay with a pathway That's for citizenship exactly. if they couldn't vote until it was past their 25th anniversary in the country? Uh, I, I don't know why we would choose something like that, but like I, I don't know where that time frame came from. I don't see why we would. I don't see why. I'd be happy to explain why. Yeah, sure. Well, I think for look, I I have a politician who's on the record. She's a congression. She's a she's a congresswoman from New York, and she's advocating for more migrants to come into Brooklyn because of demographics and because of and because of redistricting. 
the more people she has in the city of, the, of her district in Brooklyn, the more power she has. And, I, and many people believe that Democrats want migrants coming into the country for the ability to give them driver's license and then the right to vote, which in many sense means that they will rule in perpetuity. So that's why the question is, if you, I would agree to more migrants coming into California if indeed they weren't allowed to vote for 25 years after the date they arrived. Well, I, I, the 25 years just seems incredibly arbitrary, especially since nobody else who became a U.S. citizen had to abide by that. So I, I think the, I think when we're talking about pathways, well, if they're not coming yeah, in illegally, Doctor Kofer, if they're coming in through so a legal channel, I mean, we, so, so let's be clear. I'm not talking about the ones who come in legally. I'm talking about people but, coming so through I'm the saying, southern border. What, but what I'm saying, what I'm also saying is, our economy depends on them. Now, you want to talk, you want to talk real talk or not? I don't care because about the economy. economy. They give. Th- for every five dollars they make, three of them go back to their home countries. So and my what point I'm is, to you is, they're also paying in taxes here. There's a, we're also fine. relying on them for the cost, and wait, they wait, should we're also relying on them for the cost of goods and services. So let's talk about the whole. Economy. And they should. If you like your fresh produce at a certain price. That's coming at the cost no, of people who are undocumented. Dr. Coford, all of those things are them. absolute, and I understand it. But again, I'm asking you. They do all of those things, and that's fine. Are you saying that they should be guaranteed the right to vote even though they are natural citizens? Our Constitution says natural citizens should be allowed to vote. These people are foreigners. You believe that they should be able to get the vote. If you don't believe in 25 years, how long do you think it should be before they get the chance to vote? I, I, think, I think if we are making it so that people can become citizens of the U.S., then when they become citizens, they get all, rights, all, all the rights associated with it. I don't believe in second-class citizenship. That didn't work well for my people. Well, okay, I'm not um, suggesting so, um, second-class um, citizenship. Well, frankly, frankly when it comes to immigration, said, um, let's be clear. Coleman, we made up immigration. Wait, let me finish. Border. We made up immigration laws, but most people, especially if we're looking at people whose who, um, who, you know, ancestors immigrated here and were not indigenous folks or black people, they didn't come here following any particular process either. Then we decided we were going to add all these hoops and jumps. We crossed the border on Central America. Let's, let's have a historical conversation here before we start talking about foreign and whatever else, because where are your people from? So women, so, women, so we're clear. Do you believe yeah, in open borders, um, yeah. Dr. Coulter? Well, I, I mean, I do believe we're allowed to have border security, but I also think that some of the way that we're doing it right now, where we're turning a blind eye to a good portion of the economy that we're relying on and then denying them rights, I think is unfair. So I do think that we should either have an open worker program where people can get certified to be able to come and work and go back and forth. Well, I mean, I think there are a number of solutions that we could find to this to be able to address what's currently happening because we can't on one hand say, wow, the cost of goods, we want to keep it low, and on the other hand, completely ignore the fact that we know people are coming here to do seasonal work and we know that they're not doing it, that, that, that our businesses are relying on that, but we're, but we're acting like it's not happening. I don't think that's fair to but anybody. But, Dr. Kofor, so hold I think on. we need to come with up with the, a plan. We get a million legal immigrants into the country, legal. They spend thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars in some cases to become citizens of the United States, right? These illegals do not spend that kind of money other than the money that they pay to coyotes to get here. Are you suggesting that they have earned the same rights of those who have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to get here legally? You're asking the wrong question. Nobody should have to spend No, 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 I'm not. There's no such thing as the wrong question. There's Nobody no should have to spend question. hundreds of thousands of dollars to come to the United but States. But they do. So no, I don't no, think Again, because Dr. Kofer. That's not, that's not <laughs> the but, issue. But they the do. issue is nobody should have to spend that. Nobody Dr. should Kofer. have to. So Dr. I'm, Dr. I'm Dr. telling you to address the right problem. I heard you, Dr. Kofer. 
I've asked the question because it exists. You're talking about some fairy tale. I'm saying we made it up. No, 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 just please. Let's let's change it. No, Dr. Hoover, I'm not changing it. I'm asking you, listen, I'm asking you to address the system as it is. And I'm telling you, we we made that system up. Change it. We have about seven minutes. Okay, so you can't answer the question in the status of how it is. I'm answering the question. We made that circumstance up. We should change it. That's my policy answer. You're you're telling me, well, what do we do about about this other group? And I'm saying we sh- we make it so that people don't have to spend thousands, hundreds of thousands. But of they dollars do, money. and I'm just trying to but figure out whether or not the person who came in illegally has the same rights as those who paid. Change. Listen, in the same way that there were people who became medical residents and they worked 120 hours a week, and then we decided that was unhealthy, and now people only work 80, you change it. And, yeah, that means that some people probably already paid in, and I'm sorry that happened to them. You were treated unfairly. We can apologize and move forward. We don't just keep doing the thing that was harmful to people because somebody else went through it. That, that's okay. a good excuse for, well, we're so going to keep saying, you a slave because your grandma was a slave. So, like, women, no, so without saying – Wait a minute, Dr. Cobra. So you're saying that the state as it is, they have the same legal rights as those who paid. That's all you have to say. I'm saying, I'm saying you make it so that nobody is getting fleeced, whether legally or not legally, to come to the country and that we actually have a process. It's okay. I, I heard you loud everybody. and clear. I heard you loud yeah, and clear. The, your non-answer is an answer. No, it's not a non-answer. It's it's actually reframing the it was problem yes or no. that you keep presenting. The the challenge is nobody should have to do that. So change it. It's not real. It's made up. We make okay, up but all it these is systems. what it is. You first of all, as mayor, you have to deal with current events, and I'm asking you directly whether or not a person who comes I, well, in legally actually, has not. the same wait. I'm asking, does the same person who got here illegally have the same rights as somebody who paid? Are they on the same well, first of all, as mayor, as mayor, I don't deal with border security. I'm a municipal But you do deal um, with the mayor. residents who come into the state. But that's you do deal that with decision because, has already been made. It's above me. So that decision has already been made. I'm not running for governor or president. But you're running for this mayor of a city that, that will be taken in illegal and legal immigrants. And, so we don't, me, and guess what? That's is, what we do, um, but we oh, are not a border city. We don't, there's, there's no policy yeah. I'm going to pass that's going to have anything to do with well, whether or not people, how much people pay to come to the country. That's I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about whether or not somebody but who comes in legally has the same rights. You're asking me what? about the process of immigration, and I'm saying to you, I don't control that as the mayor, but I do think that it I'm not asking you to control it. I want your opinion on it. But I want your opinion on it. But when I tell you my opinion, you tell me, well, no, I want you to address it. I'm telling you, nobody should have to spend a bunch of money to come to the United States. We should have a process where we vet and we figure out what people are going to do and we figure out whether or not they're going to become citizens or whether they're going to have a work visa or whatever it is, and we bring it above board. That is my opinion on what the system should look like, since you're asking my opinion. I, don't tell me what your option is. Just okay, to but there is a status of 8 million illegals either. in the country. Dr. Kofer, mm-hmm. there's a status of 8 million well, illegals in the country. Well, first of all, they are undocumented people. No, people aren't illegal. They are they're illegal. People are not illegal. People are not illegal. If you cross – listen, if you go into Mexico illegally, you're an illegal into Mexico. People are not illegal. A- unless you go into Mexico. Well, well I think what she's – you know, uh, this is an uh, argument of semantics. Uh, we have about three minutes left. I want to say first, thank you, Dr. Cooper. I know this is a uh, you're welcome. Uh, this is a hot seat, um, but and that's I thank what the show is. Um, <laughs> and um, and 
And, I, you know, I, I think you have to be brave to come do this show, and you have to be ready to, to take it, and you were both. Um, and, and there are certain things you and I obviously agree on. And there, mm-hmm. there are certain things that we're um, light years apart on. Uh, when it comes to, um, let me just tell you guys, uh, in um, the city of Benicia, there are 60 homeless people. Uh, of the 60, three are on the streets and have been for a number of years. Uh, the reason why is because if you're homeless and you come to Benicia, uh, they know the three that are homeless. And four, five, six, seven, eight, so forth, are moved on. However that happens, who knows? But there's three homeless people on the street, 60 in the city, 57 what they call uh, couch surfers. Um, and, you know, Dr. Kofer spoke about the 75% uh, or I should say the 300% increase because we had 2,500 homeless people. Now they say we have 10,000. We know there's more. But the explosion, how did that happen? Why did it happen? Um, you know, why, are, why is Sacramento responsible for unhoused people that don't come from or live in Sacramento? You know, why is Del Paso Heights responsible for a large number of the homeless in the, in the city? Uh, why are they moving them to Del Paso Heights? This is what a mayor, yeah. this, is, yeah. this is something that a mayor can answer and, um, and can work towards. And those are the yeah. things that I, I hope I, if you're a mayor mm-hmm. that you will address Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I don't I don't believe that we should be concentrating people in one. That's why I was really opposed. You know, the 102 acres in South Back, and everybody was like, why don't we build a big campus no, and just throw all the unhoused people there? And I'm like, because South Back deserves to also have the same type of development that other places have, right? So I I don't believe that we concentrate people in corridors. There are people from all over the city of Sacramento and the county of Sacramento who are experiencing homelessness. And if we're going to, and, you know, one of the challenges is that we have the county jail. So that means if you get arrested anywhere in the county, you end up downtown, and then we release you at 2 o'clock in the morning without so much as a bus pass. And so we often concentrate people, especially in our central city, because that's where they can walk or reasonably get to um, if, you don't, if you're being released and you don't have any money and you don't have a way to get somewhere. So there's also the challenge of how our structures, you know, reinforce some of the problems that we're having here, and those are all issues that need to be addressed and that I want to work with our communities to be able to talk about what does it look like because there are ways to be able to help people out immediately that are not wildly expensive and also are not going to be a harm to the communities around them or, you know, blight on those communities and can actually be a first step to being able to help revitalize, um, you know, the, the community around and the communities, the people who are experiencing homelessness. But we also need to make sure that we're investing in our business corridor. We also need to make sure we're investing in our young people. We also need to make sure that when people think about Sacramento, they think about having a future here. 
And that's one of the things that is of concern to me is that I I have a vision for the city of what the city can look like moving forward, of how we can work together to be able to build that vision, and I'm inviting everyone to join in on that vision. Not um, one just for one person. Red boy who's been in and out of the prison system here said they let you get on the bus, but they don't give you housing. They don't give right. housing to people with a record. We can't keep going because I, we got to unpack yeah. all this that we just talked about. Damn. So thank you. I appreciate thank you. Thank you for having and, me on. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah. If you want thank to learn you, more Cooper. about me from me, my, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate the conversation. I love a spirited debate. I come from a family of educators, so we got to talk through the issues and present our evidence. Um, my website is flowformayor.com. That's F-L-O-F-O-R-M-A-Y-O-R. I invite everybody, learn more about me. Come join the movement. We are 27 days until ballots drop and 56 days until the election. So come join, you know, the party of people who care about this community and want to, you know, want to advance an agenda for the city of Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you. Murph, I think when they, when they say you and, um, when they say you and, and uh, Dr. Flo, and Dr. Flo sound alike, I think that's a compliment to you. I think, yeah. Because Dr. Yeah, Flo is, is very, very articulate. Uh, mm-hmm. She's very articulate. I think, um, you know, she, she has a she has a message. Uh, she stands on it. I like the fact that she's not um she she's not gonna be pushed around. You can't push her around. She's tough. <laughs> I think if you want to be a mayor, whether I agree with uh, with your vision or not, you got to be tough. Uh, you have to be able to um. Sling is, you take the slings and arrows. Yeah, and uh, she she is very bright uh, and. Yeah. It's what it's what really, yeah, you know, attracted me to her. My problem is um with her and candidates like her, uh, is that uh the agenda's already set, so there's not gonna be any room for movement. And um and I'm a capitalist. And so I know Dre likes her, Andre Henley likes her because he hates capitalism but he wants money. I love capitalism and uh, um and I respect money. So um I, I know that um and, and and to be honest with you, um I could probably sit with Dr. Flo and hammer out where we could meet and uh and where we could where where I could probably support her candidacy, but it would have to be, because I'm not going to agree with anybody 100%. It would have to be with parameters and with with some concessions on on both sides. Um, but so I support Dr. Richard Pan, and I, I support Dr. Pan because I think from a pragmatic standpoint, we're the same. He's a pragmatist. He's not... He's not going to be emotional. It's going to be, it's going to have to make sense. Mm -hmm. Dr. Flo believes that she's going to get 50% of the vote in the the primary. I don't. I believe that it's going to be a runoff. I don't know. Is this a primary? Is is there a primary for this? Yeah. And I believe that um, that if, if 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 there was a few things I would say to her, I would say, number one, she has to slow down because she is so good at delivering the message. She has delivered it so fast. 
But um, I think she has a pleasant voice, and that's one of her pluses, that her voice is pleasant. So she can be slower. Um, she can um, make her point. And she knows the issue. And number two. That, that goes without yeah, a doubt. And number two, she, um, and number two, okay, she can't be so, she can't come off as so angry, like it or not, when black women come off like that. This is, this is where you have to decide if you want to win or if you want to be right. Uh, Professor Keone said, King, if you're going to be mayor in any city, you have to be tough dealing with idiots like Reese Hopkins. <laughs> then he said, just kidding. I know, I saw he said, just kidding. Um, John no, I mean, I said, think. Is she attractive? Um, John Beckman, I don't know um, why, what, why that would mean anything, but I think she's a beautiful black woman. I, I think she's beautiful. I think she has a beautiful smile. She has beautiful teeth. Uh, she, she, has, she has a very um, wonderful and inviting um, personality and person. Uh, but um, I think um, the, the thing I think about young people um, like her is that um, they How don't old is learn she? from me. I, she, she's she's in her early, late 30s, late 30s. Late th- I thought she 40s. was late 30s. I thought she was late 30s. Yeah. And so they she can't, operates, so they it's can't funny. learn from she can't learn from me because yeah. um, because we're, you know, because uh, you got to be willing to listen to, um, to, to wisdom. The thing mm-hmm. about that, that demographic, man, they, they know every damn thing. You can't tell them much. It's, yeah, I, you know what it is? And I'll tell you where that comes from, Dre. And I had this conversation with my stepdaughter, Lauren. Um, they're really apathetical with our generation. They believe our generation effed up everything. And they believe right. that they know better is because they're trying to undo everything that we did. Because they think we, <laughs> that we, we were sure. That means they sure have you boiling rice one grain at a time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, 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 it's no, this apathy that they I, have I for the generation young, before them. Um, I work, I work good with young people that are willing to know that if I say something to you, I'm like when she said that young people working in fast food was a myth. Right. <laughs> you know, um, you weren't even born. And how she come up with it though? How she figured that? I don't want to. Yeah, because that. and again, not understanding that. Not understanding that shows exactly how out of touch she is with history in that regard. Mm-hmm. Maybe in the last 15 years she's lived, adults have worked in those jobs. But again, somebody with oh, 60 absolutely. years like Jay, me with 54, we were teenagers who worked in those places, and those were our entry-level jobs. Yeah, That's when, what I was, when I was 15, I worked for Dino's Pizza. Well, everybody who worked at Taco Bell or McDonald's and stuff got a job. Through somebody that worked there. Yep. I think that combo was a misunderstanding. Um, Black Sack, um, no, it wasn't a misunderstanding. Uh, it was absolute. What she said was it was a myth. Yeah, no miscommunication. You know what, though? Let me, let me. She said it wasn't a misunderstanding. Let me say this, guys. Let me say this. And yeah, I, 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 grew up, I grew up like saying the same with me like you guys. I had jobs and stuff like that since the age of 14. And you did have a sprinkle of adults, but they didn't have a lot. Because during the time, 
minimum wage wasn't worth nothing. Down here, well, I know back all, in 80s, if you had adults that worked in fast food, they were management or assistant management. Exactly. They were not only adults. Listen, Jay, I had adults who worked in side-by-side with kids in Popeye's. I'm telling you, they were some. How old are you? How old are you? How old I'm 51. I am okay, 51. Okay, so shut the fuck up because well, I'm not talking here. about you. Oh, but, but, Jay, but, Jay, you. but Jay, again, Jay's no, a No, because your dumb ass, you guys always took, motherfucker, you 51. I'm 61 years old. I'm talking about yeah, when I'm we were going up, when we were in high school, nigga, you were still, you had diapers on. You were shitting in your diapers. <laughs> and of course, by the time he got to you, by the time he got to you, of course, there was oh. adults working side by side. I'm talking about but when we were kids. I'm not saying Dude, that. Jay, I'm not saying it wasn't. Listen, I'm not saying that. What I'm telling you is, is that during that time, the wages you guys got paid couldn't actually benefit anybody. Because my dad talked about him growing up as a child during um, when he was 16. He was making 50. Nigga, your dad is a thousand. I'm only uh, I'm only five hundred. You can't compare me to your dad. The way your dad grew up was different than the way we grew up. What yep. I'm saying is, you guys, you, you guys can't don't complain. Don't try to make that conversation. And that's why your dumb ass is on mute, Big Charles. Because you try so to argue something that ain't today. an argument. The bottom line with her is coming this. on today, would you all when vote? When we were growing up, the, 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 if you worked at, at a fast food restaurant or if you worked at Denny's or someplace, the people that did at Denny's, if you were a dishwasher and you and you uh, took the, you took all the plates off, you did, you weren't the, the waiter or waitress, you weren't the cook, you you weren't any of that. You weren't the, you weren't mm-hmm. the cash register. You 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 did dishes, and you and you cleared you cleared the table. If you worked at a fast food restaurant, you either worked the window, you worked the foods, and if you were super smart, you worked the register. And if you did, there was yeah. an adult who oversaw the register. Yeah, because that's so, where the money so, was. So that's how it was for us. Now, Charles. Yep. I'll be. I'm, that's I'm where you were. Exactly. I come from a town. That's where you're dumbass. That's why your dumbass is back on mute again. Hold on, let me. Because that's Jay King, let me ask you about. this. When you yeah. worked at fast food, let me ask you this, Jay King. When you worked at fast food, I didn't. Let me tell you. Let, let me be honest here. Let me be honest here, Reese. They never even gave me a job at fast food. Oh, did they? I never okay. had a job. But but all my friends did, and because my. Because my reputation preceded me. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, let me ask you, ask anybody else on the panel. Did you guys Uh-oh. have the I job? Had, I had a, I had a fast food. Hold on, hold on. At it the was, fast food a... restaurant, did you have the job of, or did they have the job of the host at the fast food restaurant? Does anybody know what that job well, yeah. was? I worked at no, a pizzeria. No, host job. Most no, no, you agree with the pizzeria. And I made fucking pizzas. And I was 15. And the oldest person was the manager, and he was fucking 18. He was yeah, the oldest well, person. And we had a, a regional who was probably like 
maybe in his fucking thirties, but he was a regional of like twenty fucking stores. But I was, was all a people host. my age. I was a host. And I'll never forget that. Christy Graham, good point. Christy Graham says, no host unless you went to a fancy restaurant. But that's interesting because when I worked at fast food, McDonald's and at Burger King, the job that I had was of a host. And that guy was the person who wiped the table. We wiped the table and mopped the floors. Wow. We mopped the floors and we wiped down the tables. And in essence, right. we were greeters. If somebody was coming into the door, you say, hello, welcome to right. McDonald's, or hello, welcome to Burger King. Right. But that's what the host's right. job was. We had to mop that was and wipe off tables. Right. Exactly. Here's the interesting shit. When I worked at, this was probably, 19, probably 1980, probably 79 or 80, minimum wage in Michigan was $3.10. Damn, I remember that. And, and, and what, 19 what? Minimum wage when I grew up was $2.35. That's right. And what noise was I was making? It was two forty-five when I was in '86. Down here. Wow. I'm just telling you, your minimum wage was no different from mine. I'm trying to get a stand. That's why I was trying to tell you that during that time you couldn't support what apartment thing like that on just two dollars something. Okay, but, but, but okay, hold on. Let, let, let's catch let's catch Big Charles up because this motherfucker has walked in in the wrong part of the show. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, plus you can't even understand everything. That's why I got him on mute. He's gonna help you. So let me explain to you what happened, Big Charles. <laughs> that was a part of the conversation. Hey, AJ the dog where Dr. Flo said that that was that it was a myth that fast food was mostly young people. Yeah. But that's that that was just a myth. And I told her that, that no, that was a fact. I was there. I saw it. You weren't there, I was there. He was there. He was there. No, he's joking. He's he knew I was not being funny. Yeah, and come on, you Joe was there, but he wasn't working there. You got to, you got to be, customer. you got to be able to, 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 to catch up. So, Big Charles, I'm not saying that when you were a teenager, that, um, that adults didn't work there. I'm saying that when we were young, when we were growing up, going to high school. Okay, I got you. That, yeah, yeah we, high we worked. Right. I worked it, but I'm going to tell you as a child. Where the crown at. Oh, Frank, give me your dad. That's my dude. Tell it, was an interesting, it was an interesting hey, dynamic Dr. because as McDonald's started to grow from place to place, McDonald's owners or franchise owners were looking for people in management. And for some odd reason, I don't, I don't know exactly why it came in. It maybe had to have done with the economy or the lack of jobs. More and more of those franchisees were hiring older people. And that became a means to supplant their income. And so the movement that happened 20, 25 years now that came in, I would assume it was probably only 15 years ago. This movement came in and said, we need to raise the minimum wage for people no. who work in fast food, primarily because the people who were working there were adults who had children. Right. But that was, that was, 20, that was more than 20 years ago. It was more than 20 years ago, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, that was more than 20 years ago because we're in 2024. That would have been 2004. Yeah. It started exactly. happening in the late 90s. Yeah. It started happening in the late 90s. But, I, but you know, other than that, though, I thought, I, I think she's a, what I do like about um, Dr. Flo um, 
is that she is a solid candidate. They, they're not going to – ain't nobody going to just come and walk on her. You're not, no, you I know, agree with you. Um, she, and she's going to make some people look bad. <laughs> she gonna, because, because she is – she's articulate, she's smart. I wish that she would just slow her message down. Right. I wish she would just let people um, take her in, and I wish that she wouldn't be um, combative. I wish she would take in, um, take in. Can I give a positive the, the review? Yeah, and she has to do some fact checking too. Let me let me give a positive review of her. I will tell you this. Okay. One, she look aside from the obfuscation about about illegals. I will say this on policy. She she didn't even though she's got to do something about what's written about her on defund the police because when she's pressed about it, she does a really really good job of making it clear. Her reallocation is she's not pushing back and saying police are bad. She's saying that look, the the numbers aren't there that we have all this money going to police and it should be allocated to places that actually you know help and the I people agree, of and the I agree community. with her. And it's unflappable. I, listen I, I to me. I'll admit. It. I'll admit she was unflappable on that, and she made a very great point about that. And, and it pushed, made me yeah. push back because I said, okay, I, I really, because I really had no argument for, her, and I give her that. And I think that she, as far as that argument goes but, for but defund I, the I police, think, I think that I think she that, would probably be a good. Yeah, I think that's her falling in line with my vein and um, Katie Venezuela, who would be. Yeah. And she and she's she connected to them, which is going to hurt her. I think one of the things that she should have done a long time ago was distance herself from them because I think right. her her point of view is a deeper dive than theirs. Yep, is a lot more articulate and a lot more powerful. and it's nuanced. So and if, it's nuanced. She, if she if she said if she said I do not want to defund the police, that's not mm-hmm. what I want to do. What I want to do is look at where the police are going on calls that don't that don't require their presence, and we take and whatever money we're spending for those calls, we take that money and we and we create another department, a social welfare, social health department, uh, uh, um, public health, whatever it is, and then we take those dollars and we put them there and we ensure that. Uh, the, our citizenry is getting the right person for the right call because we don't want to take away from law enforcement. But we also, yeah. we want to put law enforcement in the lane it's supposed to be in, public health, public safety, those things. We want to define them better. And I think if she spoke from that, from that point that, yeah. that, I thought that it a was, lot of people. I thought it was beautiful how she put recent check. When he came in thought, thinking he knew everything about who was in charge if she was to be mayor over the police and shit. You know she what I thought was beautiful? Really? I so so one be- thing? I, Reese, hold on a second. I thought what was beautiful was that Yusef wasn't here to ask a stupid question like you just said. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, Snitchy, slow loves pearls just like you do. Uh, sister, um, thank you so uh, much for pointing that out. I, I, but again, I, I she was very unflappable, and I thought that was that for her, even as a progressive, which again I don't vehemently disagree with. I thought that she was she stood her own too, and when you can go, when you can stand your own too on somebody who vehemently disagrees with you, that to me is a winning uh, it's a winning campaign. 
And she also showed showed her power in finding out that John Beckman wants to pay his money to some black woman somewhere. He wants to give a black woman all his money. What? I think she's trying to do What did you want to say? First of all, I think her heart's in the right place. She seems like a smart woman. I think um, communication is a skill, and I think she needs to continue to kind of hone hone that skill because there there were some um, things that I picked up just said, listening. I don't. I didn't take her approach as combative, but she seemed ready for combat if war comes her way. Yeah. So yeah. this is where I, I, so, so I let me just say this to you, Um, Christy Graham said that's how you come in with the backbone to the Kings in the Morning Show. Girlfriend Bravo. Uh, She's she's in her late 30s, early 40s, um, Lee Fletcher. So this is where, Chuck, we got to decide if we want to win or if we want to be right. And what I mean by that is anytime a black woman comes in too forceful, She's going to be combative, and that's the point I was making. That's how she's going to be seen. And if From how she was... doesn't want that, she has to be smart enough. She has to be smart enough to not come in that way because the jacket is already on us. That's not just black women. That's black men. That's why I never, I never let the system get me out of sorts. I know what the game is. And, and they're going to come at her because she is super smart. She ain't going to be no punk. She not, you're not going to just run her over. Right. And so she's got to make sure, she's got to keep it in her head, number one, I got to slow my message down. Hmm. Number two, she tried to get I have to let with all DJ. the wind, I have to let oh. all the wind come at me. And let that win come, and I just got to stand there, not react to it, just take it. And, and, and that will change the perception. Because sometimes people just come at you to see your reaction, because your reaction is the true you. That's how people think. And I'll give you guys a, a prime example. When, um, when, um, the man kid, Joseph Mann, was, was murdered. And we had a new co- police captain. We had a new police captain um, in our district, in our precinct, where uh, he was killed. And she came into a meeting at Daryl Roberts' place, and I lit into her. I mean, I cussed her ass out. I, I, I talked about the police. I did everything. And she never said anything. She never reacted. She never moved. She listened. And her reaction to me made me say I could work with her. That's what her reaction to me made me do. And from that, from her, because every every captain up to her always pushed back. She's the only one that didn't. And that's right, how we ended up mute. creating 
Jack, don't yeah, Jack, you you ain't nobody busting a nut on the fucking phone while you talking? Could everybody put themselves on mute before I put you on mute? I'm on mute. You can't hear me. Can you hear me? You can't hear me. You can't hear me. Yeah, I can. We can hear you. And, and, and because of that, we created the North Sacramento Leadership Group and invited SAC PD. And because of that partnership, when Nadia Kane's girlfriend and him got into it, Nadia Kane was a young man who got pulled over by the police for jaywalking and made it to a big old incident. His girlfriend said he had a gun. Uh, the captain called me and said, I don't want to send the police out there um, with him having a gun. Can you call him? Because I don't want anything to go wrong. I called him and said, hey, your girl said you had a gun. He said, that's a lie. I don't have a gun. And we were able to literally stop that call and, and, and go back to his girl where she had to admit that he didn't have a gun. And something that could have been tragic was, was, was quailed. But that was because of a relationship. That relationship started because of Pam Seifert's approach to all that wind coming at her. Dr. Cooper has to, that's what she has to master. She has to master the fact that there's going to be a lot of wind coming at her, and she's got to literally stand there, listen to it, not respond to it, not react to it. And when it's her time, because as she started speaking and she got out of her feelings, because black folk, whether we like it or not, whether we, whether we say it or not, we have to be honest, we are too emotional. And pragmatism, critical thinking, and um, and there's another word I'm looking for. But the, but but those are those are the kind of tenements tenants that we have to stand on. We have to know that this game is against us. That that anything that can be used against us will be. So we have to be acutely aware of the fact that every motion we make, there's somebody there to scrutinize and judge it. And that's why we have to be smarter. See, if she, if she changed some of her, some of her ways, I, I would probably give her money. And, but, and I got to be honest, if it came down, because I don't think anybody's going to get 50% of the vote, if she's one of the two, if she's one of the two that's left, um, I, would, I, I would sit with her and say, look, this is what I'm looking for. This is my ask, and this is how you'll get my support. Professor Keone said, King, the problem is the term itself, defund the police. A more appropriate term is reallocation of funds. Not just the term, Professor Keone, but the definition that goes with it. What she hey, means. Jay, how much, how much money does it take to run for mayor? Like when you said you give her money, what do most people oh. spend for that? Well, for the most, I believe the, the most I can give, I believe is two thousand and fifty. But my power wouldn't be in what I give; it's what I raise. I'm able to raise money. Right. I have friends that I can pull Jay. from and say. I need you to put money in, in, in there as well. But I'm saying overall, the mayor will be 300 to a half million. 
Yes. Okay. Wouldn't you okay. say overall that she completed a trivecta for Reese being defeated by Sacramentans? First of all, he came over here in Sacramento and got his ass kicked by a black woman <laughs> in tennis. Then he got it, just got his Where ass I, kicked uh, again by a Sacramento man. Real deal Bible study. I think Reese and did. I no, 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 I think what I think Reese did. What I think I think Reese asked very poignant and good questions. I believe Absolutely. by having somebody like Reese. Good morning, TJ. By having somebody like Reese ask the question, um, that she got a real sense of what's coming at her. And I think it was a great test for her. I would even like her to come back again yeah. because I think it helps her. I agree. I think she has to. I think she has to get ready for for that wave that's going to come at her. Yeah, but but I, like I, I said, she kicked Reese's ass. <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> she kicked it. She no, she think, made him. I think Reese asked good questions, challenged her in ways she needed to be challenged. I think that, that you know, if this was a tennis match, they hit that ball back and forth a number of times. It wasn't, it wasn't one-sided where one person was overpowering the other. I believe that they, they had a good, a good conversation going. That's why people yeah. stayed and listened. They to had a good rally. Tennis. That's what they say in tennis. They had yeah. a good Shut rally. Shut the fuck up. It's volley, you stupid motherfucker. No, it's not volley. Hey, you didn't have a good volley. You had a good rally. What the hell? Pull your head out of your ass. <laughs> Back to Kings in the morning. But I, I thought she made. I thought. To, I yeah, thought yeah. she made today's show smarter. Um, I thought she. Um, and I, and I thought I thought it was a good challenge. Good. Good morning, Lottie Dolly. I thought it was a good challenge on both sides. So, I think she. Thank you, I still Lee. think she, she. She really needs help with, with somebody just kind of helping her with her communication. I mean, yeah, even after she apologized to you, Jay, she was still cutting but I people think off. That that, listen, and that's why I said that coming here was good for her. Good morning, Vicky Sanders. That's why I said I believe coming here was good for her because she got a chance to get a real taste or what it's going to be like, and how tough it can be. So I like it. I, I'm glad. that. And, and if she wants to come back again, if she calls me and says, Jay, I'd love to come back, I'll have her back. And because I really, you know, I, I want to get into, um, I think we got to become more um, business friendly uh, um, as a government, as a local government. I think we have to get more community engagement um, and, um, and and what, what that looks like and how she's going to and – and you're going to need somebody dynamic to do those things, and she could be, she could be dynamic. And Christy Graham said, "Kings in the morning is a backbone tester in itself," and she's right. You know, she got put on mute and early on because, you know, because if you come on Kings in the morning with too much, you're gonna get put on mute. That's the way it is. But I, what I loved about her is how she adjusted. She saw what it was. She adjusted to it. That's how I know that she could possibly be. That 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 um that, that outsider that that busts this whole thing wide open. Jay, has she ever, uh, has, but, she, uh, has she ever is she is she familiar with Kings in the Morning? No, no. Okay, she should have done a whole. She wanted to come on. 
Yeah, she didn't, she didn't do, somebody and, in her team or something didn't do it, they did due diligence. Well, I'm sure, you know, um, I think when people come on Kings in the morning, they, they think that they're going to come on Kings in the morning and it's going to be different than, you know, for them, you know, and because Kings in the morning is Kings in the morning. Yeah, she thinks this shit is the Steve Harvey show, and it's not. You said using the word volley was correct, and John Beckman using the word rally was correct. So you were both correct. Okay, so I was saying, outside of middle, well, I because what I didn't want to do is turn it into. Uh, 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 the Wild Wild West, because that's not what I brought her here for. I brought her here to have a conversation and as a candidate to be able to talk about her, um, talk about her vision and not to... Um, you have the not exactly like you should, though, Jay. Well, why is a great job because you, you, here. You, um, you, you, you okay. handled it Passively and um, and you and you, um, you broke ass off. No, and, and as Marcus as Marcus Atwood for eloquently said, nobody is exempt from the mute, and he's absolutely correct. And Bernard Middlebrooks, the reason why I call her an outsider is she's a political outsider. She's not, you know, uh, she's not Kevin McCarty. She's not um, uh, uh, Steve um, Hansen. She's not Richard Pan. Those are people who held office and who are, in a lot of ways, insiders to the game. But even Pan is an outsider to Sacramento because he was a state senator uh, for the state of California. King, did you ever – so you read what Jenna Marie said. I didn't see, see what Jenna Marie said, no. Um, hey, Jay, so, I would hey, have loved yeah. to have had – excuse me. I would have loved to have listened to Yusuf ask her some questions by him being the blood of Sacramento and being his age. Oh, I on, really no would have you know loved what? that. You know I'll respond to that. How I'll stupid respond. is that, Fred? Come on. I'll respond. <laughs> no, I'll respond. I decided to be a listener because it was her platform, and she was beautiful. Another black woman coming up, and if she, like Jay said, slow down, just to maybe just say, well, you know, use that in her vocab. You know, and and let, you know that would help her just slow down, because she can't smoke a joint. What I would do is light a joint when motherfucker come at me like that. And, you know, so I can just slow down for a little minute and reason with this motherfucker. Uh, you're just you you're know, just but I decided off. You didn't to come listen. to the Raider game. That's all you are. Oh, you bitch ass! You 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 up here talk about who you are in Vegas. And then I get on the phone you with come you. To the Raider oh, you well. see, you don't listen. You don't see. I was talking. I was talking. You trick. And you decided you weren't talking, to butt you were babbling. There's a well, difference bitch. between talking well, and babbling. Bitch well, listen, let me tell you something, bitch. You decided to battle and ba- and babble with me, didn't you? Let me tell you something, you trick. That's all I have to say. All you do is, all you do is, all you do, why did, why did you bring him here, man? You brought him here, but all he do is want to, all he want to do is copy the vocab, man. That's all. And how, 
Sacramento has gone down, and you're looking at that shit. You were supposed to have some chiming in on her ass. Not no, me. man, what I was supposed to do is listen and respond to you because you come here and tell me what I was supposed to do when I was here today practicing my listening skills. That's what I decided to do. I decided to dedicate myself. Well, I love, I love what she said. She, and I, and I, that's all I did is spoke positive things about what she said, how she responded to Reese very sharply, how she got to be, be able to take Jay King because that, that uh, Ofe over there came over there and said, he, he, she even got at you, Jay. You bitch-ass motherfucking peck. Shut the fuck up and get the fuck out of here. Or as Reese would say, get the fuck out of here. Man, I ain't never seen a proud white man in my life. That motherfucker had his head so far up Jazz Gay's ass. He was going. I I like I like you, Beckman. You re, man, yeah, Beckman. I, boy, you you really looked good, and I'm glad you you had a good time. Jay, that was amazing. Oh man, that motherfucker felt like he was with Santa Claus. Shit. Hey, I'm glad Beckman. you guys had a good time. Beckman was only great because hey. it rhymes with bitch. Leave him alone. No, I'm not leaving him alone because he's here. He came here for that. He needs a black woman to talk to him and get all his money. Because he's he's, he's, the harvest is ripe. Aside from (laughs) aside from her talking very fast, does anybody else have any suggestions for her on the show? Who the fuck are you? You could you. Uh, 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 the, yes, mother, I have. I have a suggestion. In the border, who went? I don't be getting on you for let Reese. Why don't you get on Border Patrol about him? He come over here crossing the border trying to get involved now. I have a suggestion. She should stop wearing pearls. Listen to her. <laughs> oh my God! Listen to her. I, I, she was beautiful, have, beautiful black she woman. She is beautiful. She is beautiful. I, I look no, her up. She's, she's beautiful, but she well, should not I, wear I, pearls. I, 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 you no know, why should she I, not wear you know, pearls? I come well, with blind problem. justice. And I didn't old. look her up. I don't that's know her, how. Okay. Pearls, pearls make okay. her look old. Okay, she's not young. Oh wow! Now okay. you go judge her. I don't think we God. should judge her by her 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 attire. I'm not judging her. It's That's decent attire. No one's judging her. You need to go listen That's to Martin. What do you mean? I asked you but what's wrong with pearls. Attire is pearl. important, though. Attire yes. is important. Yes, but does pearls make her unprofessional? That's no any kind of motherfucker, right? Pearls. He's not eighty-five. Oh, shit. You don't have to be eighty-five. Up. Where did you get that from, sister? No one says you must be eighty-five to wear pearls. I've been wearing pearls all my life. Still valid. Still fashionable. It's just my opinion. Yes, sister. I love your opinion. Fuck up. Get out of here. Pearls are still fashionable. No, to say what she feels. Word, and now you're telling me to shut the fuck up and get the fuck out of here. You don't get a point for that. 
the fuck you well, thank you. A thank you would, would, would help point this. I do have a, I do have a suggestion, King Father. It, it's been here somewhere. You know you don't address Tina like that. Like, that's Mm-mm. not cool. Well, well, listen here. I'm Rick James, bitch. Thank you. Well, fuck you and your white couch, bitch. Touche. Touche. <laughs> Third hour. Oh, lad. <laughs> oh, Faye. Back to that old Faye who come here talking like oh, a mother. Oh, Faye. Oh, Faye. Yes, Smitty, she did sound a little bit like you, Smitty. I ain't gonna lie. She sounded like I beg you. I beg you, you know what? Yeah. That wasn't what you, our sister said. You know what? She, 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 she came with the pearl, she and I hear you, you come. You know, you, May I please get my suggestion? We're, we're on suggestion. Nobody asked you your opinion Look, about who she sounds like. Saying, she sounds like a woman speaking. When you on fire. You who said bougie? Who just said it? King Dre, did you just say it? I didn't say it. sounded just like you. That's unfair. So, so my suggestion, King Potter's asking for suggestions right now. <clears throat> my suggestion, forget my voice, is I believe that we ought not trump statistics over people's personal experience. Although I know we do rely upon statistics, I would not hit somebody over the head and tell them that their experiences are valid because I have numerical data. Um, that's my suggestion. Thanks for listening. Yeah, and I think and I think it could have been wrong because where she got her data is from a corporation. So we were talking about employees at the local restaurant. Not she got her right. data. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So let me tell you something. That that like, is this that nigga that look a guy's in the eye? And just lied to us last no, week. No, that's no, that's the fuck, fuck, fuck up. That's not King Potter. That's not King Dre. That's Potty Mouth. Don't be going against us. We want to win, man. Damn that shit. We need some new blood, man. Fuck that. Support her, dumbass. Potty Mouth. Fred, Fred. We grab my ass, nigga. So let me look, 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 nigga. Look, look, look. So wait, let me let me say this. What I'm telling you guys, we need new blood, me. man. All that old listen, fucked up thinking. Everywhere, everywhere might have been different, but my experience as a kid, as a kid, and ever since I've been here, and we have we we're a town built on hospitality. You can't go to the restaurant. There's restaurants all over the city, all which are in its part. I've always seen older people in restaurants. Always seen people in your in your donut shops, in your in your barbecue places. These places, your ice cream shops. Every every place I've been to from a kid on up has always had older people. Now, yes, they weren't so many, but there were at least uh, there were some in there. They, and I'm not talking about just magnet wise. So, when you guys say you experienced in one place, I'm telling you here, my experience is here. We have in our Popeyes, our churches, our Tasty Donuts, the, 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 the uh, black-owned businesses, even into the inner city where you talked about going to the French quarters and, and places that, that did whatever, whatever. The only thing that kids do in the French quarter was tap dance. What, what you can look at That's what was promoted on TV. In Fast Time in Ridgemont High, you had where the, they were being at the pizza parlor 
And you had the young people, you had the guy that was working the pizza. They were teenagers. Those were the teenage those were the teenagers' jobs. Being yep. that pizza delivery guy. Being you know, being in the fast food industry. I think, I that think was the example to show you that what was happening at that time in the demographics of the employment at that that entry level was teenagers. He's in he's in he's in Louisiana, guys. It's a difference. It's a difference. It's a difference. It's a difference. But now don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. When I went to Thrifty's, it was an old lady in there giving me that motherfucking ice cream. When I went to Lily's candy store downtown on Springs Road, it was an old man and an old white lady making the candy, but they had the white girl up front. That was a Damn mall it. and Paul shop. Right. That was right. different. We're talking that's about that's that's family oriented. That's I'm talking about, about corporate. Food. Corporate. We're well, fast food, McDonald's in Vallejo had an older black gentleman. He he was the manager. He he, he ended that's up being the fire department, chief of fire department. But the, the management, the management would be the older, older people. He, right. He gave you, but Yusuf, again, okay, that's in your that's in your district. That's where you are. But when, even as me coming up. We've had, always had to go in all those fast food places, all those restaurants. Every, every well, I'm thing just saying, fast food is my high. It's the, the same, same damn thing. Y'all saying the same so, fucking thing, man. Y'all saying so the I'm same not fucking saying thing. thing. I'm not saying the nigga? same thing. No, nigga, I'm not saying the same thing, nigga. No, nigga, I did not say the same thing. You tell him, Fred. Fred, you tell him. I agree with you. No, we're not of saying course, you go agree. We're not. People agree with everything. Anybody has something to say with Yusuf Kente, you bitch ass <laughs> trick. <laughs> My God. And Snitchy Poo, see, now, I told you I when I was talking to you on the phone. Hey, Beckman, John, and, and, and we don't need no bodyguard, okay? You don't need yeah, no bodyguard. I, he doesn't need one. I think, um... I need to be... I need you to stand system. down. You need to stand Cynthia, down. I think you brought up a good point. And how to communicate about with what? people. Who let you over here? What Border Patrol let you... What, can let you get he back is, here? He is a king <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> what is that? What is his name? What is his name? Who is that? 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 Who is Oh, because they be putting powder on his ass or something. What's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah, I named all these motherfuckers, Fred. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> you know what? Oh, I'm going to come out like Cat Williams and tell it all. These motherfuckers. I, 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 man, don't make they, they That anime girl over there. Anime yeah. want everybody yeah. to believe she's trying yeah. to kill the character. I didn't name her. Yeah. I did not know her. I didn't 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 know her.
trying to make you become. Well, I'm, I, I'm here to make you At better. At first, I was confused. And you see, you got potential. You see how everybody is ready. Only thing is, she mm-hmm. says, um, way more or less than you do. You do that too much. That's a good thing. Why are you always saying, how are you going to go on the mic always talking about, um, 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 like chewing gum, Because I'm thinking. Because I'm thinking. That's why. No, that's your weakness. You thinking about what? Well, I'm thinking about (laughs) what's being said, which, which, you know, I'm pouring out a whole bunch of stuff in that show. See how you stuttering this shit? Mm. How are you doing, Plankton? Are you are you how are you today? Glad to um glad to hear you. Glad that we had a very good session yesterday in our DEI and mannerisms class. Today, scissors, you're up next. And um over your lesson plan. Yes. Congratulations. DEI is a joke. D E I. D E I, yes. No, I call it mannerisms. It's dead. It's die I die because of it. It's dead, D-I-E. It's a joke. Look what happened. He's still walking right around D-I-E. here smiling. From, he's still around here smiling from ear to ear. That motherfucker was red as a Christmas tree. A bull-bone right. uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Beckman, you had a good time, guy? You had a good time, buddy? We did. We had How a many hot dogs? How many hot dogs did you eat? You want me Tell to be honest truth. with you? You want me to be Tell honest? Tell the fucking truth. Yeah, I'll tell the truth, and I say this on your mother's grave and my mother's grave. No, you keep my see the last motherfucker that y'all no, no, said something about their mama. I'm, I'm, they ran I'm off the show, and they still. You. you better watch your ass, boy. Don't you bring. We got boundaries. Now I'm, you're getting I'm that saying, boy I'm, and mama I'm shit. The, you got that boy truth. and mama shit all up your ass now, boy. Now you knock that off. We hot dog date. Let them tell you. Shut up, faggot. Little faggot, little runaway faggot. That's a runaway faggot, y'all. Is that Potter? No, it wasn't. (laughs) You see, I sound like runaway faggot. Y'all runaway faggot. Y'all both sound like runaway faggot. (laughs) Yeah, Potter, he ran away. They don't know I've seen their pictures. They don't know they. Uh, I just seen their pictures. Never seen my pictures. Never yeah, seen my pictures. Yeah. Little bitch, uh, I hear it in your voice. In of the floor. <laughs> yeah, they just. Uh, never seen my picture. How long did it take to get to Florida? <laughs> never seen my picture, bro. You never seen. King, uh, King Potter. Two, two things. Uh, I I did look up some information uh, uh, for your dad, oh, and the second were, thing is um, it was requested. To know if you have a Facebook page yet? No, I've never, I've never, I've never been on. No, I know, I knew that when I saw your email. Are you considering joining social media beyond Blog Talk? No, no, I'm not on social media at all. Well, actually, actually, I, I do have an Instagram, but it's a business account. So. Oh, okay. yeah, that that question came up, so thank you for uh, answering. So yeah, I did look up information for your dad though that you were trying to say the other day. So what oh, you were looking looking for. So um, didn't they tell you to stop bringing up people's personal life on the show? We just lost one. No, no. That was just to lose another one. 
Hey, Damn hey, it. I don't even you want to You got to have boundaries on the call. Yes. You sound much better today. What did you use to Thank coach you. your throat? So, okay, yeah, so you here's do sound what I've been doing. You do sound better. Thank you. Like Thank you very much. I had to work I had to work quick because I can't let this overtake me. So, basically, right. um, yeah, oh, no I, told you, I told you yeah, I, no was table I told you yesterday I was Thank you very much. That fast. Yes, right. thank you for checking right. on me, Plankton. Yes, thank you for staying for class. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm um, here to make yeah, you so. better. Hey, hey, Snitchy, you know that, hey, though. Snitchy, you can send it to me. You can send it to me personally. They're not going to let you know. Okay. <laughs> I think we'll keep fucking with you. So <laughs> they didn't say it, goddammit. Don't nobody get It's personal information. All you motherfuckers no, got a social security, a birthday, and a name. Go ahead and say it. It's, we all want to hear about it. Come on, come on, come hey, on. Hey, Fred, it wasn't, it's not a mystery. It wasn't a well, mystery. Well, come on. He would try, I is asked he, him a he, question. He is that, the, question is that the one with the pretty brown eyes? Is that the nigga that likes pretty brown eyes? Let me ask you something, Fred. What's your motherfucker? No, that's, that's, that's great. Ago, that's he was great. 16 when he said that. What the fuck is your fascination with me, nigga? Which one is it? I'm asking Fred to try to answer the question. What the fuck is your fascination with me? Everybody knows you like pretty eyed boys, bro. Every motherfucker knows you like pretty eyed boys. Think of someone looking at the boys' eyes. A long time ago, he was pretty eyed boys. He was pretty eyed boys with an experience. It's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. Don't let them be curious. That nigga knew there was a boy. I'm going to tell you something, Frank. You better watch yourself. Shut the fuck up. You don't know me, nigga. You don't know me, so be quiet. Oh, stop it. <laughs> you don't, don't know let me. Him get to you. I'll fuck don't you up, Fred. Fred, don't, don't let me come across that Louisiana take of mine, Fred. I'm coming to get you. Please don't. Man, you the one that sat up here and told me that you like look, you you didn't know you was looking at a man's eyes. Shit, I'm sorry if you just got tendencies, nigga. Fred, how come you didn't talk to her about the homeless situation in Sacramento? Because they let their motherfuckers from all over the world ask her. Oh my god, I mean they they she was on point though, but. It would have been I'm, cool. I mean, why, why didn't you? They gave the reason. I was muted, dog. You could know you what you're a goddamn lie. You hung up and then you came back on and you didn't listen again, motherfucker. Don't sit here and lie. Wow. If you would have asked, if you wanted a question, if you would have had a question, you would have been able to ask one just like anybody else. No, I was one of the dominions. I was a dominion again. I didn't want to embarrass myself. Yeah, but you know, you Fred, could, even you, Jay and Jay introduced you. Hold up, hold up. You're not relevant, dude. Listen, you're not relevant. Let let Jay talk or somebody that is, that lives in Sacramento why, that's been there not, and flowed. Why is he not relevant? He's not relevant to me. I'm, I'm listening to people that uh, has has pres, uh, pre, well, then why the hell themselves. Hold on, motherfucker. Can I leave? Shit, let me get it on my uh, phone. Shit. <laughs> that has uh, <laughs> made himself relevant to me. This other motherfucker, I don't know him like that. Let me know him like that, Jay. Let me get to know him, not you. Tell me about hey, him. Jay, tell him what I ate at the football game. Shut the fuck question. up, cracker! Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Fred, you're a fool, nigga. You're a fool, oh, Fred. 
<laughs> he ate a whole bunch of beer. He ate a whole bunch of beer. I had three or four beers. I had nothing to eat. I had a eat. jelly roll. No. I had a jelly no, roll, motherfucker. You had five beers. Oh, man. You had five beers. You had a lie. Oh, in the yeah, lim- okay, you're right. In the lim- you you're right. In, in the, the limo. Yeah. You had one in the car coming over to the, door, to the place. You had two $14 beers while you were at the venue. That's three. And then you had two beers in the car on the way back to the That's five. Fucking alcoholic. And alcoholic. Yes. You're a fucking alcoholic, man. Come on. That's what you do in football games. Oh, Look, John, every American <laughs> has his own personal pleasure. Beer is yours. It's cool. Yeah, I can don't. I don't drink I just drink beer. <laughs> no, what you got was the greatest photo op to be with, J. King. That's all you wanted, you Eclipse. All you wanted to do is be that ass around him all the time. What photo op are you talking like about? A, I'm talking about you, you trick. Don't you know it? You must put yourself we on We saw you. So you were walking wide-legged trying to stand up. You, you were embarrassing. We you were embarrassing. We did not take one photo. So it wasn't a photo op. No. Big brother, fact, Jay. Big let me brother tell you this. There. Big brother. You know how, big brother you know how, you know how lucky our people were? I think they're jealous because they weren't there. That's right. And you know what <laughs> I'm going to tell you how lucky Jay King was? Jay King just happened to be sitting next to one of the better-looking girls in the whole stadium. Jay, what, didn't you sit next to a beautiful girl the whole game with the doctor's daughter? Wasn't she beautiful? Listen, Hold up, a girl or a doing? lady? A girl or a lady? Hold up, that's getting right. It was a girl or a young lady? I didn't look at her like that. She was a little girl. I thought she was a little girl. She was a wonderful young so, lady. John, why are you trying to go in there like that? Thank you. And I found out that Thank she you. was um, her doctor, her father's a physician, and she was a nurse. She was a very nice young lady. But I didn't right. look at her any other way. And her dad is going to be my new doctor because he gave me his business Listen card. Listen to and I'm that call motherfucker's him. drunk right now. He ain't stopped drinking every two hours, Jay. What are you talking about? <laughs> he's just a hockey. He's just a happy hockey, man. He's drunk. He's just a happy hockey. He's just a happy, happy, happy hockey, man. Leave him alone. He, he woke Leave up that drinking. man alone. Jay, let these people know I'm always happy. These, these people. You people. Oh, you, you people. Ass, you asshole. What the fuck you go to people and talk about you, you you're just retarded. You're just retarded. You're just you one of those you ones. Hey, let me you tell you something, you said. Had you, you come to the game and men, you drove the car for white men, you would have oh, made some great up. tips. Let me tell shut you, you would have oh, had a lot of money. Oh, he didn't You're make you. He didn't make they go, Then they were going to call it. You said they were going to call you James. You're going to be the driver. He just said, Sorry. if you would have came to the game, you would have no, had a lot of made, He would have so made that minute, good money. You would have been the butler. You would have been his butler or either his driver. That's right. James. I would have called him Jeeves. Not James, Jeeves. Hey, Jeeves, get us to the arena. That's what I would have said. What, what, what old blue, what, what that little squealy little rat back there just said? What you say, uh, pretty brown eyes? That's potty mouth. Okay, potty mouth. What, what the fuck? 
No, okay, the other one. What do you say back there? Just drive. <laughs> you scatter, friend. Stop. What, 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 no, what won't he? Come on. Pickle finger rhinoceros. What did you say? Yeah, oh yeah, God. yeah. That's, that's late to the boogie. <laughs> what did you just say? What is? I mean, but what is the joke about the pinkle flick finger rhinoceros? <laughs> I know I'm not that because I've seen you guys. <laughs> what's, what's, what's funny yeah, about that? that? Are you are you elucidating? Are you re, are you elucidating? Because we know that you like boys, and that other motherfucker sound like a biatch. Dude, why do you keep talking about Kids pedophilia friend. on here? What, what you got going on in Texas? I mean, this be real. I mean, I work with youth. You work with the youth, and you keep talking about little boys. What's going on here, Fred? No, it just no, sounds no, like no. you're tiny. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But no, 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 don't. Don't switch. Don't switch. with young boys, but yes, he keeps talking about little boys, and I find that disturbing. I don't know about y'all. Well, why the fuck did you keep talking? You're the, you're a you the one came out the closet, nigga. You the one as a grown man that was with 150 that was million fucking callers. That was great. That wasn't potty mouth. That wasn't great. That wasn't potty mouth. Well, why do he sound just like he's a queer or some kind of little ant yeah, on the wall? That wasn't potty mouth. Because that's what happened with this. Listen, that's when you get fucked when you're going back and forth over the board. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is? Hey, well, is what you don't know, Fred, that's Reese's <laughs> brother porn ball. Right. That's I why. hear him always running interference. That motherfucker Fred, always going to keep us on track. He keeps us on like track. Now, I always think it's Mary speaking. Right. So, did, you do, did you do a background <laughs> check before you work with these kids? He makes, he makes yeah, good sense out of well, everything. What's He's what's one of those that makes good there? sense out of a joke. Right. Uh-oh. Who was that? What did you just who's say helping? back then? You thought who was talking? No, I said when Fred, <laughs> Fred raises his voice very high pitch. I think it's you speaking. You sound so high. Wow. He went at Mary. He said that. He went at Mary. God damn. Wow. You talk a lot of shit for a cracker. Wow. Mary, that wasn't his ass, Mary. That was Get just that ass, Mary. No, don't no, let his ass Mary. go. Get it. Yeah, he was Mary, don't sound like no woman talking, dog. No, yeah, he was. was. Yeah, he was. She was supposed to light no, your ass no up, boy. At no time does Fred sound a female. No one he, he acts like whatever he does. He don't sound no female. Don't do that. As a shot. Stop it. No, but that's, that's what, what you mean when I do and what I act like. And what the fuck? Well, we ain't got the goddamn me to go to figuring my shit out. He wants Fred to be a female. That's why he was asking Fred, does he suck on lollipops? And asking Kente, was he coming here? <laughs> Hold on now. Hold on. Hold on now, Mary. Oh, easy, sis. Easy. Easy. No, no, no. I ain't saying that for you, Fred. I'm talking about No, I'm no, about no, no. I'm let's just stay on that goddamn. Let's just stay on that cracker. That cracker down there. Goddamn, we want to chime in. The den of inequity. First, that, that's first, you, guys, first you got little boys. Now we got lollipops. I think something's going on here with Fred. I know. You alcoholic. You wake up to it. If you ain't drinking beer, I bet you eating cornflakes because it, it's made of corn and shit. 
I don't even eat cereal. So you can you bet your Wheaties you like a motherfucker. When you ain't got wrong. some beer, I bet you eating all the yeast in the cupboard, motherfucker, ain't you? You, I bet you munching on everything that has to do with beer when you can't get to the a.m. p.m. after two o'clock, huh? That's what you're doing, huh? With your no, do bitch a.m. p.m. close at two o'clock? I'm glad it was you who responded, you bitch ass trick. I knew you would. Yeah. You alcoholic. Get him, Kente. Yeah, he's an alcoholic. Get me, yeah, yeah. Get me Kente. Get yeah, me. Yeah, get the me. only reason why you're oh, here. Lord. Get listen me, Kente. Get me. See, listen to it. Get this, me, Kente. They're your girly part. John, John, that don't sound right. Yeah, John, I would stop that. That don't sound That's right. girly part. No, I was just repeating Mary because she said, get him, can't they? And I said, get him, Oh, no, you trick-ass bitch. You got exposed. I thought it was expose. Yeah, yes, because you're thinking you got the wrong thoughts here. It's your thoughts that's fucking you up. Yousef, are you driving? Is that what the noise is? Motherfucker, it's loud and clear over here. It's loud and clear over here. <laughs> hey, I got to pay Jay a compliment for his sweatshirts. I wore the Club Nouveau sweatshirt this this morning. It was 29 degrees out here. It was freezing, and that sweatshirt was beautiful. Yeah, mine is of good quality. As, mine is of good quality as well. Has to be expected. Didn't have one chill in my bones. You have bones? Beckman, you have bones? Yeah, especially one of my fingers. It gets so cold it turns white. That's how cold. Well, I don't have good circulation on one of my fingers. When I walk Georgie and it's cold, oh, my... My fingers as white as hell. It gets so cold. Maybe Kizzy Poo will go on the internet and figure out what you saw on your finger, bro. He already said he, he understands why. He said it's poor circulation. We don't, I would say he's already determined that. Well, um, how about him just cut great. that one off? About we cut that one off. And it's weird. It's just in that one finger, Nicole. one finger. I have ten, one that nine fingers and two thumbs all year and long. one finger gets you freezing. That's the one that's the bad one. You know, the one that wow. you give the bird with, Beckman. Oh, well, if you'd, stop, if you'd stop sticking that finger up your ass all the time, you might have some circulation. <laughs> no, I would think if I did that, it would heat it up. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> no matter what you do, you can't escape it. You sound like Otis or Andy Griffith, Beckman, in jail What's wrong with that? cell. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with you, alcoholic. Not that he sound like Otis. Hey, Yusuf, I'm going to the hockey game this Thursday. You want to come down this Thursday and go to the hockey game with me? 
since you couldn't why make the Raiders game? Why would you imagine? Well, why would I want to go to the Raiders game? No, I said since you couldn't make it to the Raider game, do you want to go to the hockey well, game? I didn't try to make it to the Raiders game. It wasn't that I couldn't make it. I didn't I didn't exercise any couldn'ts this weekend. I did all coulds. Man, you would have had so much fun. Man, I did have fun. Yousef, let me get your prediction. Are we going to keep Antonio Pierce as our head coach? Listen here. Let me say something to you. (laughs) Right now, I'm not talking about that. Okay, I'm talking about how you started this. You started it. You started it. You started it. You started it. I I just came here today, and as soon as I said something, you came in right after me. Okay, what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong. I just wanted you to know. He likes to follow you from behind. Right. Well, that's where he is. He's behind me. Always trying to get ahead. That's what you're always trying to do. I haven't had head in years, Yousef. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. He ain't saying, get it, give it. You like oh that, Mary? <laughs> you like that, Mary? Oh, That's why I got oh, you. Oh, my God. Mary got that, too. See, Mary, see, Mary, I got you next to me because when it comes time <laughs> for me to write those provocative rhymes, you would get it. And you hopefully, hopefully you would get it and use it on your uh, masochistic ways on Beckman like you do. My masochistic ways? Yeah, that's what he loves. That's what he oh, loves. Okay. Instead of feministic, it's masochistic. Oh, boy. That's boy, exactly oh, mundo. boy. And that's how he wants you to talk to him, like a boy, old boy. And you continue to do that. He's going to try and rise up above you, but you I'm keep him down. I'm beginning to think I may be the wrong gender, though. With all well, this, you know, keep going. Don't say that one. On, don't with don't. all this sucking on lollipops and following from behind and wanting you to come. Get ahead, huh? Don't forget Getting ahead, yep. Mary, 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 don't go that way. You, Beckman, I, I didn't go anywhere. You're the one that went some way. It's your perverted <laughs> mind, y'all, Beckman. Y'all think y'all y'all think he's drinking? He's an alcoholic. He can't so help you think he's just letting him, You think it's there? Man, uh, speaking of alcoholics, speaking of alcoholics, has anybody heard from Jude? When you said that, Jude, Mary, right. I tried calling. I tried calling Jude this weekend and went to his answering phone. So maybe when I hang up today, it I'll call to him his, again. Did you say it went to his answering phone, Great Grandpa? Yeah, his answering machine, answering phone, whatever you call it. You mean voicemail? Voicemail. That's it. <laughs> what the fuck? Are you the in a garage or Nobody has an 
answering machine anymore. He's stuck in the good old days. He loved the nostalgia. He's stuck in the nostalgia timeline. You know, right. That's to, why we got to make America great again. Like the good see? old days. Uh, get your, get your, he, look, he got, he got his hood out. He got his white hood out. Yeah, he can't, he can't get around it. He's an alcoholic. This is how he gets by. He deals with it, and he's hoping for the best. He hates China because he sees China buying up America. See, he hates that concept that he was raised in, that concept that he thought when he became an adult that it would be like that. But it's the complete opposite. And especially, what, what this is the kicker, is that he got you, his woman, talking shit to him. I'm he not never his woman. Don't say that. Yusuf, Don't say that. Yusuf, that sounds biased, racist, and bigotry. I am not going to start my year off with your racist, biased, and your bigotry. And That's right. I'm going to tell you the deck. I'm going to tell you. Shut the fuck up, cracker. I'm going to tell you the, the definition of a mom. No, 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 no. I am serious, you guys. I mean, I am joking around because I am not going to go to hell. And I want to be, I want to be a better person. No, stop it. Stop it, you assholes. You guys are going to have to settle down sooner or later and grow up and be accountable for your fucking actions. You do all this shit. Yeah, you gotta right, be boy. quiet and let Fred defend this white man. You tell him because he's gonna cry over him tomorrow. I appreciate that. Oh, I would tell him I'm sorry. No, he gonna piss me yeah, off before the show is yeah. This motherfucker, he's gonna let, he's gonna piss. Me. He already did it. Fuck it, I give up. Man. Fred, I just paid right, you a brother. compliment. I'll just stay the way I am. You. No, no, brother. No. Yeah, I gotta do this. I gotta do this. Uh, Fred, just sit go back ahead. and go ahead. I gotta perform right. my exorcism on you. You know, okay, you gotta be done. I won't he be. needs these he needs to be he, he gotta exercise him every now and again or he, you know you gotta remember well, okay, he's, go he's, for it. The, he's he's made of the same fabric. Whoop his ass, ass like Django. Whoop his ass this like Django. Fuck it, go for it. Go for it. Why this are you talking about the Keebler elves? Yeah, you go. That's the salt on a uh, elderly gentleman, man. Leave, leave back my lawn, man. That's right. Hey, I'm the elder. Where, where, where's my, you know where, where's like my, Fred? Where's my arch nemesis, uh, Ali at? Yeah, Fred. So he, did, and did a, did a, that's Fred girl, right there. Did a fat girl sit on him and remember did Fred a fat girl was, sit on him and kill him? No, man, that no, ain't me. No, no, that ain't Fred me. Did. Fuck that. Ali no. jumped in the fray. No. Remember Ali? Yeah. No, Ali just jumped in you. That spirit just no. jumped in you. No. Ali no. would be here to Yes, he did. No. Yes, he did. No. No. Right now, right now, I bet you. Yeah, yeah. I bet you. Hey, I bet you enrolling right now in, the, in that, uh, class in a class at the Houston Technology to be a computer operator like Ali right now. Right. Are you Ali? Yeah, that's Fred Ali. Oh no, I was just a little high. The sugar was fucking with me. Okay, I was just rolling along, having a little ju- ju- uh, a little fun. Go ahead, get his ass for me, man. You, you ready? Sounding like Ali, man. 
Ali had Man, that. Why, Ali had that. That's Man, the Ali why do you syndrome. want everybody to get my ass? Why? Why do you wish upon that? <laughs> see, see, for see, he ain't gonna let up on you, Fred. And you, you sympathizing uh, with no, him? I'm, and then he come I'm just right asking him a say, serious question. You. He said, "Get his ass." Well, I'm want, like, why I want are you wishing upon that? See, see, he ain't gonna let up on you, Fred. And you up here defending him Shit, like Fred you don't said know why. About his ass, and he went crazy. He was like, "Come on, what you talking about? Get my ass." Okay. Get it. Okay. Okay. Finally, you want my ass. Fred's a good wow. man, Yusef. Come on, leave him alone. He's a good man. I'm talking about it's about you. It ain't about Fred. Fred this and I are both good look, men. No, motherfucker, you're looking at men. the finger. It's about you. It's pointing at you. Don't 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 have it going to Fred. Fred, Fred and I are just one and the same. Fair. We're good men. No, good men, no, 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 you're not one and the same. No. We're two two in the same? You're not the same. Even you know that. You're a trickster. Fred's a good guy. That's all I know. Yeah, you're not. You're a trickster. You come with trinkets. You come with jingle bells. You come with shiny things. <laughs> jingle bells. Everybody, everybody likes trinkets. <laughs> Who doesn't like a trinket? Well, I know. I know that's how you think. Everybody likes trinkets. You can just... Put them before people and they'll accept them. Isn't my top shelf stuff good for you? That's a trinket. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Funny thing is, every time I say top shelf, I always look at the top shelf. (laughs) Well, that's because I'm in your mind. You're always, forever more, you be thinking of Kente. Whenever you hear top shelf. Why? Why, why, why? That's a good question. Just why? The way it is. Why is it that you came in behind me when I talked today? Because I wanted to. How about that? There you go. Hey, sister. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I am well. Good to hear your voice today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, boy. Oh, Beckman, question for you. Yes, go ahead. Why do you keep bringing up the Raider game? Like, why why is it so important that everybody would want to go to the Raider game? I mean, I'm a Raider fan, but... I don't want to go to no game. So why you keep bringing that up, asking yourself why he, if he why he didn't come or saying he was jealous that he didn't come? I mean, I'm just making fun of him because he did want to come, and I was trying to get him a ticket, but I couldn't. You bitch ass. Quit lying. <laughs> now you're going to make me turn into Cat Williams. Oh, Lord. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Bitch ass, trick ass liar. I don't know why liars lie. 
That's where this fits. I don't know why liars lie. You liar. Give a fuck about going to your fucking game. If it came from you, I would do what I was supposed to do, what you would do, only more. I would capitalize on it. I'd take that ticket. I'd make my money on that ticket, and I'd sit there and go and watch it in a department store on their TV and say, fuck, Bessie. I told you that. I told you that live and direct. <laughs> He's saying we to go watch it at a department store on a big screen at Macy's, motherfucker. Now, shit. He'll go, he'll go to Fry's or Best Buy and tell them motherfuckers to hook up the surround sound. I want it. Take it. But I want to I want to see what the game looks like, buddy. He'd have sat there with well, his popcorn. Not- and everything, and seven hundred dollars in his pocket for selling that punk ass ticket. Seven hundred dollars? Come on, friend. That ticket worth way more than seven hundred dollars, man. Well, then you gotta buy the TV. You ain't gonna bring the TV home. You just gonna fucking just take. You ain't gonna get. You ain't gonna have nothing to show for you. Go ahead. You just like, going out of money. Hey, you about trick ass How much did that ticket cost you, trick? How much was those tickets you had? You and trick. all them fucking fat man hot dogs, motherfucker. Just yeah, how many, how, many, hot dogs. how much did them tickets Didn't Jay just tell us to stop eating all them goddamn <laughs> motherfucking hot dogs? Did he tell you a hot dog, Snitchy Poo? Are you there? Takes, takes 39 uh, days. A hot yeah. dog will live. How long will a hot dog live? Or before, it, <laughs> if you bury a hot dog, how long does mm-hmm. it take for it to disintegrate? If you put okay. a hot dog in a, hey, 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 do this one. If you put a mm-hmm. hot dog in a Coke can, how long would it, Google it, do it, watch this. So you still okay. walking around here with 12 hot dogs <laughs> in your fucking belly, burping, shitting, and farting. Um. Damn. How long does it take for a hot dog to digest? So sit here. Uh, let's see. And he ate this might one. answer your question. Let's see. You should be addressing this to Dale Bernie because I didn't have anything to eat. Oh, it was Dale okay. or you? Which one so you how long? Is, you know? Well, we don't. I guess I don't see right right off top that someone has done an experiment to know how long does it take for hot dogs um, to last in to, Coca-Cola to, you know, before they deteriorate. There you deteriorate. go with that um again. There you go with I'm that thinking, um. I'm thinking. Get out of here, Plankton. Uh, hush. Um, so let me look another way. There it goes again. There it goes again. I'm thinking. Just, uh, and you said another thing I can't stand when somebody says something is, you know. You know. You know, you ever what I mean. hear people say that? Uh, um, well, how about shit? Uh, okay, well, give me a break. Shit, shit. I'll just fuck it. You know what I mean? Everybody has their own style of communicating. 
I hear I hear Most people talking about what you don't know, Beckman. Whenever you're around, they I w- say what you don't know. I will say this. The, the club level Jerry and I were sitting in, they had some mean pastrami sandwiches going there. I looked at that, oh. and the lady in front of me had that, and I said, oh, boy, that looks good. But I didn't go get it. I didn't have it, but it did look good. <laughs> did you have a beer in your hand? Absolutely. I yeah, too. All right. There it is. You alcohol. They didn't have nobody coming around, or you didn't have an app on your phone where you could. No, 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 Fred, that's funny. They haven't. You didn't have an app. Excuse me, excuse me, Mr. Beckman. I'm telling you, yes. Mr. Beckman, did did they have an app on your phone where you could call? Yes, they did. Well, yes, they did. I'm answering your question. In front of our seats, in our drink holders, they had a piece of paper. Yeah, there was a cue card. And the app. Exactly. And, and Jay used it. Jay ordered it. Jay used it. So what is the problem? He's giving it to us. He's nice. giving it to us. Okay. So how many times did you go to the restroom, Beckman? Not one time. Not once. Wow. Yeah, you have a lot of full of shit. I said yesterday, Jay went to the bathroom yeah. as we left. Yeah, I thought and you were counting Jay's shit. He met Marcus Allen in the restroom. Wow. He's going to have a lot of prostate cancer. You're not going anywhere with me, Beckman. Beckman, you know what? I'm not going anywhere with your ass. You, you, you. You too much watch Looky Lou, you know. What time was it? What I mean, you telling him business. This motherfucker would be like, okay, well, you know he what? Didn't do fact, the time because Jay it was one thirty-five. What time was it? What time was it? Five minutes left what in the game. It? We left our seats to go get our our car. The people that we left were screaming my name, John, John, get back here. So I had to walk back down the stands. And they said, you guys drop this. And I go, drop what? And I looked on the floor, and there was a, a, a ticket there that Jay had dropped out of his pocket the, yeah. for, for, for the package that he left at the front desk at the Venetian. So thank God they called us back to get that. Well, thank you for telling us where Jay stayed. That's like, that was really none of our business. No, it's none of our business what hotel you stay at. We didn't need to know that. That's the kind of that's the kind of guy Jack is. You know, he he'd be the one that if the cops was looking for you, he'd tell him exactly where you are, what you look like, what your license plate number is, all that shit. That's right. If you kill somebody, I'm turning your ass in. Oh, it could this be, it, it's not even about, right, it could be that I witnessed something and I don't want to, I don't want to be a witness, but you just told them where I'm at. Well, why would you witness something and not want to be a witness? That doesn't make sense. You, if I'm somewhere and something happens in front of me, I didn't, I didn't, I wouldn't put my place, I didn't put myself there to see it. It just happened yeah, in front of me and I don't want to be a witness. Yeah, but that's not being a good citizen. If you're a witness that's not being a good citizen. Yeah, but that's not being a good citizen. 
Snitches get stitches. It's either my get life scissors. or yours. Snitches get stitches. Why? I don't know. Snitches turn turning into me. bitches. If snitches turn into bitches. You, you should be a you witness. Bitch. You shouldn't run away. Snitches no, I would always, I always, bitches. I always turn in shit. I don't, you know, even a wallet, man, you know what I mean? You might as well just, I mean, it costs so Wait, much to not, get your ID. About, we're not talking Fred, about turning in a wallet. Fred, that's, that's what we're not talking about. Fred, you said a good thing, Fred, because I lost my wallet in a casino oh, one day. Oh, shut the fuck up. Ain't nobody talking about no fucking wallet. I went to talk about and somebody turned it in. They did the good thing. We're talking they did about the, the right thing, like Fred said he would do. Talk about the bells and trinkets that you put out there, the shit that go before you. Okay, Fred, to answer your question, it says here, no, um, not immediately. It takes weeks. Um, but Coca-Cola, however, is a good, a great tenderizer um, when used for an hour or so. So it can't, it can't immediately deteriorate a hot dog. But perhaps over weeks it, it will. But um, on regular meat, I guess like real meat, it's a great tenderizer, Coca-Cola. Yeah, it is. Well, and for the record, neither you know Jay nor I had a hot dog. So it doesn't apply to us. Do we care? Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. Do we care so, if you or Jay had a hot dog? It's none of our yes, because that's what they're asking about. Well, I didn't about ask that. about it. I, I didn't ask anything about anything. I was just answering <laughs> King Fred's question about a hot dog and Coca-Cola. That was it. <laughs> she told you to keep her, your name, her name out your motherfucking mouth, nigga. She <laughs> told you twice to keep her name I, out your motherfucking mouth. I just don't want Kenny Beckman to think that. <laughs> I just want, can you think I'm picking on him about his personal business. I'm not. You ain't got to let him know nothing. Nobody's picking on me. Because he just said he, yeah. he didn't have a hot dog. And, you know. Yeah, so. why, why you had to let Oh, man, you ain't got to let him know that shit. I would let you know, Plankton, as well. Evidently, you know, you know, hot dog. When a man does it with his hot dog, it's his personal business. Right. Wow. You know how long it takes to digest a hot dog. Take your oh, hot dog. Keep eating hot dogs. Oh, no, 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 that all sound right. I wouldn't ask nobody, you know, from your perspective, you know, how long did it take you to digest a hot dog? I mean, that don't sound right. <laughs> well, Charles, that's what Fred asked. I didn't ask it. That's what Fred asked. I'm just saying. This motherfucker told us he, hey, Fred, Fred, guess how many hot dogs I ate this weekend? Okay. I wouldn't, you I wouldn't asked me if I had a hot dog. I said so no. Then, he, then the motherfucker tells Jay to tell us. And Jay said that that motherfucker ate a half a dog. Who asked him digesting hot dog? Who asked him about digesting a hot dog? If a man want to digest a hot dog, that's his personal business. That don't sound right. Take your hot dog in your culo. Yeah, Fred's the one that brought it up. I didn't bring it up. Who said hot dog in your culo? Who 
Shaking that motherfucking doors, I go through shaking doors, making sure don't nobody slip up in that motherfucker. Huh? Oh my goodness gracious. Say, Fred, Fred. I'm going back to work. You, you make sure the body, uh, yeah. Fred, are you making sure that uh, huh? girls don't drive up on um, their cars trying to clean barbecue out the back of their cars? Well, you know, I love, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a donut and uh, what you call it, and a motherfucking uh, 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 Starbucks man. So, 
so you know, you know what's I got what you know. I got you know, you know, you know they be bring, they be bringing me uh this, say, little, this shit. I'm a coffee. You know I got I got the hookup for all that shit. Oh, we gonna get me? You. Why you gonna get me? Why you gonna get me? What did slick ass nigga say? Yeah, what's he gonna do? What's he gonna do? Do a drive by barbecue sauce? She gonna hit you with a sample. She gonna hit you with a sample scissors. She gonna hit you with a sample. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. They might they might all that shit. Be like, look. Matter of fact, come around this time of the year, if you throw bottles in the car, they'll think you a mini Mardi Gras float. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> you know, I didn't even give you a king cake. They're going to be like, what? You know, you know, when I was a kid, listen, listen, true story, when I was about like 11, 10 years old, I think Newport was coming out. So they used to throw, they used to throw Newport figures out to the crowd. You know what I mean? So your products wouldn't hurt us. You know what I mean? They throw large coconuts in the food parade. What are you talking about? Your little bottle of, of bulky sauce ain't going to hurt nothing. Bust his right outside his head with a barbecue sauce. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? that funky. Bow. Drive-by. You can get snitches. Look, you get snitches your, your drive-by partner. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm a crack shot. I don't miss. Look, and you can do like bars in the hood. You know, flick the lights like type get, and that's it. Oh, he's to the barbecue lane. He's about to do a drive-by. Everybody in my going to jump on track. Let's get thing. back. <laughs> I want to know, is Sister Mary here? Yes. I, well, she didn't say goodbye. Yeah, I'm here. This is. So, the B. <laughs> the who? <laughs> the what? The B. The bees. the bees. You said uh, oh, the bees. Wow. Oh no, 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 no not, not bees. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not bees. They're they're pearls. What are they? The pearls. The okay, that was the show. That was the show. Business like that was the show that she was formally dressed as a president. Yeah, a woman that wears bees. Like sticky pool. We went over wow. this for two weeks now, goddammit. Now you go sit your ass that? up here. You know sticky pool was listening. And your fucking ass goes like, yeah, Why's the no, bitch got beats on? Call me out. Uh, no, call she me out. said, Why's the bitch got beats on? I mean, I'm reacting something. We're not talking about you at all, sticky pool. So you could get your panties uh, thong or your goddamn oh girdle. Whatever the fuck you wear, I ask because we're not talking yeah, about this. Now, he not he not uh, saying you wear all that. He just said whatever you want. Now, sweat suit. Now, why would you do yeah. this? Why would you say One that? Z. I'm talking to uh, One Z. who was I talking to? Mary. Talking to Mary. Mary. What did you say? Yeah, this is bullshit. Mary on some motherfucking. What they use down there in Mississippi? What the fuck you on? I'm not in you didn't Mississippi. Don't complain the two. You might get shot. Fred, you, 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 you forgot what you were talking to her. 
You about to get soft. No, I didn't. No, no, I didn't. You got to you got to stay focused. Remember and, uh, when you had a crooked letter I, humpback, humpback. I was talking I. to Mary, but uh, Snitchy Poo wanted to jump in it. But I was talking to Mary about why did she ask uh, the question? Well, she said she made the statement. Well, she needs to take them beads off. And I was telling her that that was to show that she's a later, later a lady of uh uh, yeah, fashion, etiquette, of stature of the male. Now, who, <laughs> who said somebody no king Fred. What did you guys? God right, damn, was, y'all what? fucked up, man. Y'all fucked oh, up. God. I thought I was fucked up. Jay, oh, Jay, don't, don't, you, Jay, don't be amazed. We go through these uh, brain farts <laughs> with Fred talk. Man. What beads need to come off? Whose beads? Oh, Lord. Oh, I said, the young I, lady. I said, that she sh- I said that she should not wear pearls. Why? Because <laughs> they're just old lady-like. And she's I, not right, an old uh, lady. She's in her thirties. Yeah, but but you don't. That, that's the cool part about fashion and about style. Everybody gets to have their own. I think Reese speaks about You're right. this all the time. That's just my opinion. Yeah, that's just I know, my opinion. I just don't think that pearls are attractive on anyone. Well, I mean, but, 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 so that's your, that's not your opinion. That's your bias. So you have a bias towards pearls. <laughs> I guess Pearl. that's what you want to call it. Yeah. No, that's what it is. About you, I don't call it that. Don't like. You you said it. You you said I have a you said I don't like pearls. It don't matter. That's what bias is. When 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 you just don't like something, you have a bias towards it. So the the pearl didn't do nothing to you. You just you don't like pearls no matter who <laughs> the pearl is on. You you have a bias towards it. The, wow. <laughs> The pearls have scarred me for life. No, <laughs> you got something you want to say? Major Poo, you no, got something like, you want to say? Of course not. Of I, don't course like, not. I don't like green peas. I have a bias towards green peas. I hate them. There's nothing you could do with a green pea that would make me like it. It's a bias. It's called bias, Mary. So it doesn't okay. matter what I'm it biased. is. When well, somebody has a, has a bias towards something, it's... It, they just don't like it no matter what. There's nothing that, that that would make them like it because they're biased towards it. There's nothing you can do with a green bean or green tea <laughs> or lima bean or black eyed mm-hmm. tea that would make them mm-hmm. like Mary, them. Mary, what did a pearl ever do bias. to you to make you not like them? What, what did a pearl ever I do to you, Mary? Well, she, um, John Beckman, I, she just, just, I just explained to pearls. you. That she has a that, that she has she just doesn't like them. She's biased towards those yeah. things. Jay, I the had this one night stand. I had this one night stand, and I hate sweet peas out the can. You can just open them like gag. But this girl I that I them. met, I don't care. Uh huh. She made some sweet peas, and she put some uh-huh. kind of herb in that shit. I don't know if it was rosemary or something. But mind you, it was a one night stand, so I never got the secret ingredient. You know what I mean? But I so let me say this to you. I would have never. I, let me say this to you, Kente. I would have never mm-hmm. got to that part because of my bias towards them. 
I'm so biased towards them, I don't even give them a chance. They and that's how I was. Well, it was. I thought that word was a bad. I thought that word was a bad, bad word. But come to find out, it's a good word. Bias. Yeah. Thank you, Jay. So you Let me say this to you, Fred. It's according to how you apply your bias and what you apply it to. Okay. So, Yusef, did you finish the night off after you ate the green peas? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, finish the night off, of course. Okay, good. So now you like green peas. No, I hate no. them motherfuckers. It was a one-night stand. Yeah. I never got the recipe. I went back to hating peas. <laughs> it was a one-night can. So she never... He never gave me the, the answer to that. A one-night stand or a one-night chance? Well, it only took one day, put it like that. After that, okay. it was done. And you never spoke to him again? I mean, her again? Wow. You go with that shit. Wow. Wow. You see how Mary took you see how Mary took that information without making a bicker or an argument? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. She just so I didn't like it. Well, I, think I didn't it like how it I, I think it was because of the way I explained it. I didn't think it about her or her being biased towards something being bad. We all have different biases. I, I, I pointed out hers and pointed out mine. And I didn't like that. That's what she did. Jay. You're trying to steal my singer. Mary's my singer, and you, and you brought her some light and some intelligence, and that's the first way you get attracted to a woman can get attracted to you. And you I saw that as you trying to steal my singer from me. What, if, what I had a one night, if I had a one-night stand and the lady was making Brussels sprouts on the stove when I came over, that's that J. King I would, Kemp shit. That's that, I would that's turn that, around that's that and macaroni shit he got in it. Ain't no way I'm going to be with a girl who's eating Brussels sprouts. No way. So you'll be with a guy that eats Brussels sprouts is what you say. No. It's her fire. <laughs> <laughs> most most heathenest things I've ever smelled in my life cooking. John, was it about a guy eating Brussels sprouts that's more attractive than a girl to you? Nah, fuck him too. I'm not eating his Brussels sprouts either. <laughs> fuck his ass too. He like he like balls in the mouth. How can you not be how can you not be gay? And want to fuck somebody in the ass. No, 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 no. You're barking up the wrong. He like hot dog and balls. <laughs> I had to take a I had to take a call and I come back and I hear John talk about wanting to fuck some dude in the ass. What's happening? No, no, no. You didn't hear that at all. That was Jay uh, King that said that. No, hot dogs I in to the what culo. You said. Hot dogs in the culo. <laughs> I never say. I, I, you've never heard me say, fuck him in the ass. You've never heard me say that. No, I heard um, you say that. Nope, never heard that. I heard you say, Jay, why would I not like Brussels sprouts with a man? That's what Mary heard. No, no, because I, I thought I thought I heard Yusef say, you, oh, you you would like, um, you would like, yeah, he you won't like, don't like Brussels it with sprouts a woman. with a woman, but with a you woman, like it with I a said, man. So you would like so it with a man. That's because I'm heterosexual. That's because I'm heterosexual, and I always had one-night stands with women. 
Nothing no, to do with listen, a man. He said, so this is what I heard. I came in, I, I was getting gas in my car. When I came out, I'm sorry. When I came out, he said, I heard him saying, why would you not like Brussels sprouts with a woman, but you would like them with a man? I never so said I that. You, well, I didn't know. That's why I asked you. What did you? Okay, okay. I never said you, that. You misheard. Okay, but then I did hear you say, fuck him in the ass. Which that, was Mary, that was Mary that said that. No, I didn't say that. Oh, okay. God I was damn. nervous. I, I was worried about you, John. I, I was going. I was saying you want to I'd be, be worried about, about me too if I said that, Jay. <laughs> no, that's not like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, Jay, uh, I'm your best Caucasian friend. I'd be worried about that too. <laughs> no, that's not very <laughs> tough to you during the third hour of power about fucking you in the ass. That's what that's and the conversation. Don't act, that like, goes don't act like this a new don't year, act like motherfucker. Don't go on, yeah. So that's why Mary you know, was talking about you and your ass fucking and you responded to ass fucking. I'm going to tell you this right now, you trick. You're gay. Fred's gay. Jay's suspect is what he just said. Um, Mary, I'm not sure what Mary is. What's the fuck, boy? What's the fuck, boy? <laughs> now, how, do, how, did I get, how did I get suspect for questioning you? And let, um, wanting to do it to a man in the booty. How am because, I suspect? Really, just, just even that subject out of your mouth is suspect. <laughs> for being inquisitive. Yeah. I didn't I didn't call you a butt rustler. I thought you said you was one. I thought you said you was butt rustler. Oh, my God. Butt rustler. <sighs> Rustling butts in I your direction. <laughs> All I'm going to say is, Jay King, you, you've got to get a colonoscopy whether you like it or not. <laughs> not, but I'm... Not, I, I hey, don't. but you're knocked out, so you won't even know who, who penetrated you. Wow. And hey, don't worry, get you... And get your PSA test, everybody. Even you, Yusef. Well, no, you have prostate cancer, so you know. But goddamn, everybody get their PSA test. It's all it is is a blood drop off your finger, and it's serious. It can tell you whether you have prostate cancer or not. It's 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 easy, and it can save your life. No joke. Hey, John, text me. Text me the things I need to get done. Though, text for real. Text that soon. Who's talking to me? That's Jeff. That's what happens. You know you who's talking to me. You got a whole email. You got a whole email. Yeah, you Larry. know. You know. You know. Of all the tests. <laughs> you, you know got a whole. You, 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 even today, you even said today. You even said today. on there. Show. You're going to get your first. PSA A one C. PSA A one C. I just told you to text me. What I needed, the things I needed, I needed to get. I just told you to text. It's a, it's a lot of tests. It's a, it's more than just a couple letters. It's a lot to put in a text message. I'll resend okay. you an email. PSA is on it. Yeah, PS, a PSA they do just with your normal blood work, right? You know, just to make sure okay. your blood is fine, and that's one of the things that the doctor marks on the sheet in front of you that they check. A one C. Yeah, I put that on this too. A one C, A one C, 
It's diabetes, PSA, is prostate, A1C, PSA. But regardless of all those, Jay, you've got to get a colonoscopy, especially becoming 62. I got to go get another one now. I did my first one 10 years ago when I was 52. Usually your blood work will tell the doctor what needs to be tested, but the PSA is one that, PSA and A1C is blood, so right. that's going to be in the, in the initial screening. But right. you have to tell him about the PSA, or either uh, you would be sitting there talking to him about your urinary hurting and all this, that, and the other. But most of the time, your blood work will show. That's the initial. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But you do need to get in there because that PSA no, the A1C will go back 60 days and tell where your blood sugar has been, which is a good thing. Years ago, they didn't have that. You know, you were peeing on a stick, and it would turn blue, green. You were just guessing, and you know, but technology is so great now. Just a prick like John Beckman is saying. Yeah. You know, it won't hurt. But, and, but, Jay, but what a blood what a blood test won't tell you is about your colon, and that's why even though it's intrusive, you have to get a colonoscopy. Well, 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 when 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 when, when you go to the lab, once they give you the, give him the lab work, they'll either send him home with a a kit that he just shit on in the morning, which he likes to spend a lot of time fucking around in the bathroom anyway, so he'll drop that back off that morning. Okay, and then if they have signs of after they send it to the lab, a lot of shit has to go off culture, and they have they, these motherfuckers know what they're doing. But right. you know, oh, like you do. keep on saying okay. about colon and this, that, and the other, it can be very overwhelming, John, when everybody is saying different things, and we're all not we are not educated in physiology, PhDs. We can hardly get along as long as we've been fucking talking, because I, you know, you. You don't value you don't value my conversation. Yes, I do. What and that's just a stereotype. About? You just don't I'm think highly of me as you, a black right? man. No, you can love me all day, but I know what you uh, respect and what you don't respect. I've heard you and over the last love is uh, value. Th- love is value. Fuck love, nigga. I ain't gonna tell you no more. Boy, don't Stop be so bullshitting me with those fancy. Love words and dreamy things. You give and, him too you much know, when you call him a nigga, Fred. You give him too much credit. I know what I call that motherfucker. He is not a nigga. Please, call me a, if anything, Fred, call me a peckerwood. Please. No. I'm begging you, man. I'm Cracker. begging you. Cracker's better. Cracker's no, better. Peckerwood. Peckerwood. <laughs> Fuck you. Anyways, I got it written on my board right here. I'm looking at it. I have a whiteboard in my house with all my chores. January 22nd, I'm going to the ass doctor. What do you got on your blackboard? Huh? What do you have on your blackboard? I don't have a blackboard. I only have a whiteboard. You racist. I didn't make up the whiteboard, but I used black ink on it. Well, you didn't make the blackboard either. That's right. Why are you racist? Why are you biased? Well, I'm not teaching anybody anything here at the house, so I don't need a blackboard. 
Blackboards you're going to use chalk on. So racist, two years ago, ago, me and my grandkids, we went to this place. It's an air sky, ice sky, blow you up in the air and shit, get you ready for skydiving school and shit. The motherfuckers told me, they say, uh, you weigh 365 pounds. Our weight limit is 300. Broke my heart. Sent me home looking like a fucking jackass. I'll tell you another story here in a minute. But anyway. Was that the grandchild that you brought here when you first came to the show and then you stopped bringing here when you saw how much testing was going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, Yusuf, I was able to get, I'm down to 300 in this past weekend. I went and I went to this amazing, it was amazing because I was the oldest motherfucker in there. And it was a lot of people with their grandkids. They just started applauding and just, wow. You did it. So that was a great day. I had a really good weekend. I felt like you did hanging out with Jay when you were walking around and you were showing him how to get in there and how to cook. Yeah. Yes. It was was amazing. Proud of you, Fred. I appreciate you. Guess what? Mm -hmm. I'll have you on a stick in. (laughs) (laughs) Let let Jay call me much, much more. Hey, no. hey, 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 Charles, Charles, did St. Louis make it? I mean, uh, did, uh, did New Orleans make it in? Hell no. They didn't make it, huh? Hell no, because uh, I think Green Bay, because that, Green, Green Bay and somebody else had to lose. No, they ain't make oh, it in. Oh, okay. But, you know. So Green Bay represents. It'd be all right. Look, that's the second, believe it or not, it's the Green- second time they need somebody to lose to get in. Last year was Green Bay. Green Bay plays Dallas, Yusef, this weekend. Green Bay's at Dallas. It was Green Bay. I think somebody else uh, had to lose. It was two people. I think Tampa Bay. I think it was Tampa. You're right. But you know what's crazy? They fired Atlanta coach, and they ain't fired nobody from the Saints yet. You need to fire somebody from the Saints. I don't know who, but somebody should go. Yeah. Somebody should go. I don't know who. Are they? Are they? Do they have a winning record or are they losing? Well, record? let's put it like this: because they 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 lost so many they lost so many um, conference games. They, they, that's what that's what messed them up. They conference games. They get yeah, into all kinds yeah, of nine games. conference games that screw you up. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what is the nine? What is the Niners looking like? Is the Niners going to the championship? Yep. Well, they're the the number got one. They got the buy. They got the buy. They got the buy. So, 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 oh man, you know, you know, who, you know, you know who had it tough. Now you know who had it tough. Philadelphia. Oh my God. Well, what yeah, happened? Philadelphia yeah. fucked up all kind of way. Oh, Philadelphia fucked up yeah, all the way going in. Oh, Philadelphia played. Philadelphia dropped all the way down something like. Six, 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 no, listen, six, this is not no distance one Philadelphia. No, they they really fucked up going in. The quarterback fucked his thing up, and I think he had two or two uh, two or three other people. They started going down. Yeah. Oh man, they fucked up all the way. Yeah, Phil, hey, oh, yeah, going on the road. Look, this, look, this, this worse than Brock Purdy last year. 
This is fucked up. They going in the big tour. Yeah, they they, they had a collapse. They had a collapse. Man, that, that John Beckman, I think you got the words right. Collapse. I think you got it right. Something, something happened to them, right, man? And they were man. they were the premier premier. Oh, you want team. some of bad luck? Oh my I mean, look god! Did, did Philadelphia and the Forty ers play this year? I can't remember. Yeah, they did. They did Philadelphia us. win? Yeah, Philadelphia won. Wow! Now look at them. Yeah. They got to go on the road. No, Philadelphia day. lost. No, I mean, see, no, no, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't. Yeah, he lost. Oh, Sorry, he lost. Because we came from we came from a uh, we came from a three losers uh, streak. Then we had one game off, and then we see Philadelphia. We were good. And see, I'm not even a Niners fan. Like I was just the Eagles. Three, 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 three. I mean, but the Philadelphia yeah. lost to the New York Giants the last game of the season. How does that happen? If you beat the New York Giants, you win the division, and they lose. Well. Look, um, Dallas beat Dallas beat um, the Ravens. Washington. Let's see, we couldn't, and we beat Dallas, but we couldn't beat we couldn't beat Ravens. I mean, so I tell people all the time, man, is any given Sunday, you know what's gonna happen? Anybody That's think Jim Harbaugh's? Anybody think Jim Harbaugh's uh, gonna go to the pros next year and leave Michigan? Right. right. This is at one of his favorite spots right now. Who, Charles? Mm-hmm. Is he is he at the bar? Mm-mm. No. Getting some gumbo. Yep. <laughs> well, I, didn't oh, know, I, didn't I heard chicken. I heard chicken gumbo. <laughs> Wow, I so kid you not, you buckets have, have a favorite restaurant. Y'all got a favorite gas station. When y'all make up your mind, that's what y'all doing, y'all stick to it. <laughs> we were just talking about prostate cancer, and I'm watching the news here. All this thing about our Secretary of Defense being in the hospital, all because of prostate cancer. That's why he was is operated he on. Is? Yeah, that's what it's saying on the news here. He So, that, I mean, why would, why do, what's, so he kept it a secret or something? Yeah, he kept it a secret. Yeah. Why would it I mean would had, that hurt him? It says he had minimally invasive surgery. But yet he was you know, he didn't tell anybody why he was in there. I know, but would that affect him if he had prostate cancer, would that in in any kind of way hinder his position? Only, or, only or, when you're under, uh, if you're operated on and you're under under anesthesia, it's like the president. You know, Harris. I mean, yeah, everybody. Point. Why would why would he go through? Why would he jeopardize the the scrutiny? You know, or, or to keep it. You know, hit. I don't know. Why, that's, why a, would that's, he, a, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, it, it's almost no, like. Say it. Listen. Say it. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying the same thing. I'm just, I'm saying the same thing. I'm saying okay. the same put thing over and over. Put, your, put yourself, put yourself in his in his position and in your position. When you first found out 
the doctor told you your PS level was up and they did the proceed. I mean, they went in and they found out and they told you. They came in there and they said, hey, look, you have prostate cancer. Bam, cancer. My job. Okay, then they no, tell but, you these treatments. Then okay. they tell you about the treatments. Okay, now you're still in shock, right? Now you got to tell everybody that you got cancer. You think you're going to die. Still think you're going to die. You have prostate cancer. So, okay, put yourself in his shoes. Okay, I'm a Secretary of State or uh, Domestic Affairs or what have you. Um, is this something that defense. I go to the media with? Exactly. Do I go to the media? Do I go to my coworkers, my workers, or do I go to work with or Do I go home and tell my wife about it? I don't know. What are the procedures well, one, when, you're at, like when you're in office? Of position, he will be going to the doctor to where we would be catching it in the, in the infant stage. But See, that's, 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 what I'm, that's what we're saying. That, okay, so that's what we're saying. That's, 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 that, that's what we're saying. No, he has a different question. A different opinion. Uh, you no, you're right. I'm saying you are 100 percent. You are 100 percent right. No, exactly. But see, that's why you have to. And anybody that's listening, you have to be your advocate. You have to be your advocate. They don't check for prostate cancer. Ninety-five percent of men has prostate cancer. It's a known fact, but nobody checks for it. You have to tell the doctor. You go in there, oh, well, uh, I, I, I've been peeing. I've been peeing more than often. Uh, I'm, you know, uh, going to the bathroom. You, you don't know. Those are the stale signs of it before it turns in. It gets into your bones. It gets into your system. The cancer Friend, grows. You just said. You Nobody, just said. It, the doc, even the doctors, man, man. Okay, okay. Me personally, Fred, you just I said had, that it's I had all prostate cancer. From a blood test. It's not. It's not. I've been going to the doctors in California all the way up until I got to Texas, bro. I mean, I was peeing, couldn't pee, taking the test, all the different tests. They found it here. I don't know why they didn't check my PSA in California. They said I had a uh, urinary tract infection and gave me antibiotics and passed me on down the road. By the time I found out that I got it, I had it a year ago, it was it was so bad they thought it had get, went into my bones, so I had to have chemo, radiation, and a hormone shot. Fucking damn, they killed me. So but you I, said I made you, it through you, the. You said hello. Did you find what out happened through the PSA? Did you find out through the PSA test? You said. Yeah. yeah okay. So obviously this. Blood uh, our secretary straight up, I, just found a, I found out straight through blood tests. Right, so he he never really had the blood test then. Yeah, I never Otherwise, had blood tests. you can have you can have blood tests, but they're not checking your PSA. They're Unless checking on numerous of things. It, it, it's up to your physician when he's ordering your labs. He has the one that has. I would have thought he, you know, by him having the best insurance in the world. So this is a testament. Everybody that's a man from 26 on up, don't tell them. Don't let these motherfuckers tell you to wait. It's not time. It's your right to get your PSA checked. 
your PSA and your A1C. Oh, they ask you the yeah. family history, and 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 are you feeling lightheaded? No, motherfucker, I'm not. But I would prefer doc. I'm not telling you your job. Some of them get an asshole. But will you take my PSA? Right. And, and you're right, Fred. And you're right, Fred. And the only reason I asked my doctor is because my dad had prostate cancer. So I knew it ran in the family. So I said, oh, please do a PSA test because he was preaching to me about the PSA test. My dad was. So that's why and I when you ask. when you Google it, oh, and when you Google you. it, it'll tell you. And, and when you Google it, it'll tell you 95% of men die from and, it, and it's curable if you get the test, yeah, they, if you get on it right yeah, away. Early, right. Early, right. right. So but even you know, your you son, know, Fred, like you said, your nephew. Fred, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Look, I'm sorry. so that's what you're talking about, you know, doing testing early, and they said, you know, uh, especially black men, that we should actually colon test at the age of, starting the age of 40. At the age of 40, right. we should start. But uh, I went and got mine done, and the doctor said, good thing you got it done. Because two years later, we might be talking about another issue. Mm-hmm. He said, by the way, see, where we, years, I probably would be talking about an issue. Yeah, the bottom line is, it ha, never hurts at one age to get a check. When we kiki, when we kiki, when we kiki, and ha, ha, and when people listen, these young men listen, and when we go talk about, oh, well, they go stick your finger up your butt. I'd rather for you stick your finger up your, my motherfucking butt. Rather than uh, have a polyp, I, I mean, and that's that's searching for something else. It, well, that's prostate. When he, yeah, uh, it is. Yes. Uh, yeah, you know, and, and motherfucker, come on, man, let's get it get it straight. He ain't sticking his finger all the way up your ass. But stop no, laughing no, with no, these no. kids and tell your niece, tell your nephews, your friends, young men. If you, I mean, shit. No, it's some, it's serious stuff. It's yeah. serious yes, it stuff. Um, I have yeah. a message um, from my brother uh, Jude, so I wanted to to answer. I don't, oh. I can't remember who asked about. It, but I think it was our sister Mary. Sister, was that you who asked about where's uh, King Jude? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he just texted back and he said, um, "Please tell everyone that I said hi." I will call into the show in the near future. But the time I checked in with him before that, <clears throat> he's sorry for my voice. Um, he said that he was doing well, um, very well, and he said um, he sent his kind regards to everyone um, in the fam, and he said he was going to call us, but that was before um, the new year. But he just texted back, and I told him I, I was going to tell you guys right now, so that's why I'm, I interrupted the discussion. Okay, good. So okay. Uh, I'm glad, I'm glad I, did, I told him that you them. I told him that you called him as well and got his voicemail. I told him that also. Right. He might not and how are you doing? And how are you doing, Sister Mary? And how are you doing, Sister Mary? I wasn't able to get your uh show this weekend, but how are you doing? You can always go back and listen. Hold on, don't be getting smart like a black woman with me and angry. You just you be nice to Mr. Fred. You be nice he to just Mr. Gave you Fred. Credit, sister. He just gave you credit. Guard. You be nice you be nice to Mr. Fred. I'm a well, nice smart ass, Mary. 
I can go back and watch. Shit, if I could go back and watch, I would have knew where I'd been, and I could go back. I, I can still shit. cancel my sweatshirt order. Not too late. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Fred, how, how cold is this out about you? It's shit, it's 40, I mean 32. What? It's cold as shit. And the windy. No, listen. Snitch, let me tell you something. You know, weather people, listen. I don't trust weather people. Because they say this ramp was come uh, a couple of days ago, and it didn't come until Monday. I'm so I can always talk to somebody in Texas. I have the advantage of talking to somebody in Texas That's and right. say, yeah, the rain just happens, whatever. But, hey, Snitchy, do me a favor. Snitchy, no. do me a favor. No. <laughs> no. Is Chaka Peek on the phone, Phil? Is Chaka Peek on the phone? I think she's Chaka Peek. Yes, yes, yes. Dot, dot com, girl. 